Well, the show suddenly disappeared. Silence. OK, good morning. It's Wednesday. Justin standing in for Ian. On the agenda today, we're talking Clarkson, Paul McCartney and also blood. Lots for you to talk about between now and nine. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, British victims in Alps plane crash. Report out today on contaminated blood and Wickham beat Luton in League Two promotion clash. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Foreign Secretary Philip Hammond says some British nationals are likely to have been on the German wings passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps. All 150 people on board were killed. Professor Graham Braithwaite is Director of the Safety and Accident Investigation Centre at Cranfield University in Bedfordshire. The investigators we want to be very careful to be painstaking and collecting together the evidence to fathom out what happened here. I understand that one of the recorders has been recovered, so it'll be a priority to try and get hold of that other recorder so they can try and understand the last phases of flight. But you'll find that the investigators are unlikely to make comment about what they think the cause will be until they're really sure. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning. Although the focus of the Penrose inquiry is on cases in Scotland, it could lead to victims in the three counties finally getting compensation. Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire Alistair Burt says the scale of the disaster is immense. This is the 15th biggest peacetime disaster in British history, in which the Black Death at 3.5 million is the worst, but the awful Aberfan, whose name we all know, is but the 142nd, with 144 lives lost. Contaminated blood has killed 12 times more. Two police officers on off-road motorbikes are to be sent to Houghton Regis to tackle problems with nuisance motorcyclists. Residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain about the bikes and what they say is a lack of response from Bedfordshire Police. More from Nicola Hazler. In a statement, police say they are working hard to address the problem. They say two off-road police motorcyclists will be sent to the area in the next few weeks, supported by two uniformed police officers. They say a number of PCSOs will also be on hand to help with issues such as recovering seized vehicles. Yesterday we spoke to Louise Spenderlow who was left traumatised when an off-road biker crashed into her car then rode off. A £1,000 reward is being offered for information about the car vandalism that has hit High Wycombe in recent weeks. It comes after another six cars were damaged on Monday night. The vandalism has been linked to protests over the inquest verdict on Wycombe man Habib Ullah. A House of Lords committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the high-speed two-rail link through Buckinghamshire. The peers argue that cheaper alternatives to HS2 haven't been properly explored and London, rather than the Midlands or the North, is likely to get the most out of it. In sport, Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. Mawson strides forward, still Mawson. Hayes through to Mawson, it'll be a great goal! What a goal for Wickham! I mean, I said before the game, you know, what could be the difference is that little bit of magic and I think Paul Hayes has, has created that with a, with a superb bit of magic, but Alfie does that, you know, how many times have we seen him come out of defence with the ball? The win 
Wigan keeps Gareth Ainsworth Wickham on course for a top three finish, but effectively means the end of any faint hopes of automatic promotion for Luton. The weather, a cloudy start, but then a largely bright and dry day, a maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Simon, apologies about meatloaf, nothing to do with me. Are you OK? I know you're a big meatloaf fan. Are you OK if you well, calm down Well, I was singing now? along, as you can yeah. imagine, but yeah. I'll, I'll get over it. I, mean, I named your top three the other week. I think it was Girls Aloud, yeah, Samantha Fox, yeah. and who was the other one? I think it was Belinda Carlisle. Belinda, yeah? lovely Belinda, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Talk to you a bit later. From street to studio is... Justin Bailey. Yes. Uh, just for a couple of days... Justin standing in for the boss, Ian Lee. And if you're thinking, what's happened to him? You may have heard yesterday's programme. By the end of it, he could hardly talk. It was bliss in the building. No, seriously, he's got a rotten cold. Get well soon. Hopefully, he'll be back first thing Friday morning. Fingers crossed. OK, lots on the show today, including Bad Blood, Naughty Bikers... Spiritual safe zones, that's a really weird one in Bushy. Plus, we're also going to be talking Clarkson. It's expected he will be sacked by the BBC today. For me, that is a huge mistake. Let's kick off with this one. Name me a TV presenter, on TV now by the way, not in the past, who is better than Clarkson. I bet you can't name anybody on TV right now who is better than Clarkson. Text me, 81333, start your message with 3CR, or of course you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got a great Northern Soul tune to come, but ladies, later on we are going to be dealing with the weird... And the wonderful. This week, I'm even more messed up than normal. I've been watching videos at two o'clock in the morning about Paul McCartney. Right. It's resurfaced again. What, Mull of Kintyre? No, not Mull of Kintyre. Because that's quite... Um... Yes, that did mess with my head as well. Is it his new stuff? No, it's not his new stuff. Again, that has messed with my head, but, but nothing... You can... can do it right now, please. <laughs> again. That was right up there. Apparently, apparently, uh, Ringo Starr did an interview recently. A lot of people are talking about it again. Uh, the conspiracies are back that Sir Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced with a lookalike. Oh, you don't believe this, do you? I didn't believe it. And so I was sitting there watching the videos. I woke up, I went for a wee the other night. I thought, no, I'm going mm. back to YouTube again. Too much info, but... I know, but I just tell us couldn't bit. get it out of my mind. After watching the videos, there is now an element of doubt in my mind that Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced with a lookalike. Right. Yes. A lookalike who can also play left-handed. Yep. Who looks an awful lot like Paul McCartney. Yes. And sounds the same. <laughs> That's what lookalikes do, guys. That's what, what sound they do. Like. Well, yeah. come on, normally you can tell a lookalike. Well, look, look at the story from two weeks ago. Elton John could not be at his mum's 90th birthday, so what did she do? She hired in somebody who looked and sounded like her son. Yeah, but he didn't. He was a man dressed up as Elton John, wasn't he? 
We're going to be talking about this later on. Can you handle the truth? Do you think... <laughs> oh, it's the truth now, is it? In all seriousness, in all seriousness, I said, no, come on. They were high on drugs at the time. That uh, They were doing weird things on their album covers and in their songs. I didn't believe this for one second. I'm going to put it out there this morning and I'm going to see what happens. Do you seriously believe that Sir Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced with... A look-alike, a sound-alike. Are you believing that? You can email me, justin.dealy at bbc.co.uk. Butler with the right track of BBC Three Counties Radio. Some more tunes to come between now and seven. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Justin Dealey. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ten past six, Wednesday morning. Now, a long-awaited report into how thousands of people received contaminated blood in the 70s and 80s is out later this morning. Although the focus of the Penrose inquiry is on Scotland, it could lead to victims in this part of the world, in beds, hearts and bucks, finally getting compensation. Now, one of those is haemophiliac Nikki Jones from St Albans, who was given a blood clotting agent factor eight when she was eight years old, which she believes 
leaves gave her hepatitis C. The use of manufactured Factor 8 has been described by Lord Robert Winston as the worst disaster in NHS history. Strong stuff. Well, Catherine Ball has got the details on this one. Uh, what's the disaster that Robert Winston is talking about here? Well, as you said, there are thousands of people in the UK and many of those were haemophiliacs, which means that their blood doesn't clot as it would in anyone else. They were infected when they were treated with blood products that were imported from the US during the 1970s and 80s. Now, the campaign group Contaminated Blood says that these blood products came from the US where intravenous drug users, prostitutes and prison inmates were being paid to donate blood which was known to carry a high risk of infection. A recent parliamentary report by a group of MPs said around 7,500 patients were infected by these products as a result, and more than 2,000 of those people are thought to have died as a result of what happened. Now, opening a debate in the Commons recently, the Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, said the scale of this disaster is immense. This is the 15th biggest peacetime disaster in British history, in which the Black Death, at 3.5 million is the worst, but the awful Abba Van, whose name we all know, is but the 142nd, with 144 lives lost. Contaminated blood has killed 12 times more. So we are going to be talking to Nikki Jones live on the programme who was treated with contaminated blood. Uh, but briefly, what's her story, Catherine? Well, as you said earlier on, Nikki was treated with this thing called Factor 8 uh, from donated blood in the 70s and 80s when she was only eight years old. Her family says that she changed after that happened. She went from being a happy, active child to one that was always tired. She spent a lot of time in bed. She had a lot of rashes and generally her health was really poor. Now, the medical profession put it down to her age and psychological problems. She found out later on that she'd been infected with hepatitis C. OK, um, so when does she find out later? You, you kind of mentioned it briefly yeah. there, but... Um... Well, in 1995, so, I mean, this is years after it happened. 1995, she discovered she'd been tested for hepatitis C in 1991, and it found that she was positive for hepatitis C, but she didn't even know she'd been tested for it. Yeah. Now, hepatitis C is a virus that can infect and damage your liver. And when Nikki was pregnant with her second child, she had a letter through to say that she was at high risk for CJD, or mad cow disease, because she'd received blood from people who had the degenerative brain disease. She was given no warning or discussion, just had this letter out of the blue. Horrible story. And Nikki, like many others, have been struggling to get compensation. We can talk about whether compensation would make a difference, but people have been struggling to get the, the, the money they feel they're entitled too. Well, also, it has to be said um, that Nikki, um, well, she had cancer later on in her life and she believes that there's a link as well. Mm. So she's trying to prove that too. Now, Nikki, like many others, has been struggling to get this compensation from various funds that have been set up to help victims. Uh, one of them is called the Skipton Fund. Now, Nikki applied to that, but she was turned down on the grounds that she'd naturally cleared the virus. But medical experts disagreed and they believe there is a strong link between the breast cancer she developed and the hepatitis C. Uh, a recent report by the group of MPs highlighted how most people with hep C receive no ongoing payments and they feel as though they have to beg for discretionary pay payments. Um, it re it recommends that payments to people infected through contaminated blood are at a level which lifts them out of poverty. Now, this report today by Lord Penrose, published later this morning into cases in Scotland, and Nikki Jones is looking to this to give us some hope that mm. something might happen here too. Um, Nikki, live on the show later, so still to this day, she hasn't received an apology for what's happened. 
Do you think, personally, and this is a personal view, something we can talk about with people later on as well, do you think an apology for something like this is enough? Or do you think that, that money should be involved? Is money going to make any difference? You here? need to talk to Nikki about mm. what the impact has been on her life. Now, I, I, I don't really like the idea of suing the NHS. I don't really like the idea of, of, of compensation full stop, unless... You are, have been put into financial difficulty as a result of something someone else did and has been denying they're doing. Also, it has to be said that these drug companies, if it's proven that what they did was negligent, then this is the only way to, to yep. hit them, hit them in the pocket. People say, oh, it's all about greed. No, it's not about greed. It's about taking a negative and trying to turn it into some form of positive. If you've got money, you can make your life a little bit better. And I think you're entitled to but that. But also, I think if, if it can be proven that big business has chosen to be greedy rather than careful with people's lives, then there has to be some sort of penalty. Thank you, Catherine. We'll take your thoughts on that throughout the show. BBC Three Counties Radio, 15 minutes past six now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes, having a look at the speed sensors, and there's no problems at the moment on Standing Way, although at the Kingston roundabout there are roadworks, so expect delays there later on. On the motorways, the M11 southbound's all cleared now after an accident earlier on at Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford, but things are moving well at the moment. And it's fine on the A1M through the roadworks between the M25 and Junction 2 for Wellham Green, but that could cause some delays later on. On the trains, the Jubilee Line has severe delays between Wilson Green and Wembley Park, and also the Metropolitan Line has minor delays through Wembley Park to Baker Street because of late finishing engineering works. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. More travel news on the way for you just before 6.30. So the headlines you're waking up to this morning, the Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been on a passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. As you heard a moment ago, a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and 80s is published later this morning. And last night, do we have to talk about this? Wickham beat the mighty Lucentown 3-2 in last night's promotion clash at Kennel BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every day it's not just about great music and great conversation. I'll get a bit technical here. It's about local experts helping you across beds, hearts and bucks. So what we're talking about then is capital gains tax potentially on the portion of the property that they directly own. On finance, relationships. But look at the way that you have contributed to this situation. Health. When you have a cough which can seem quite innocuous in this way but just irritating. Asthma is something that we would think of. Your pets. Particularly if your dog is a border collie cross and um, it will be epilepsy and even law you still cannot say judge you have to stick to this but the judge's approach now is going to be well why shouldn't we local advice for local people nick coffer weekdays from 12 on bbc three counties radio i've actually borrowed nick coffer's high-heeled shoes for my street video later on you've got beef with that trail cath what's your beef with nick's trail um i don't know i don't like what they're doing to the elephant in the background <laughs> Uh, Gab says here, hi Justin, Jonathan Ross is better and funnier than Clarkson. Not sure what it is that uh, Clarkson is good at. So question mark. He's a legend, come on. 
Not my cup of tea, but Jonathan Ross, funnier than Clarkson? Come on. And another great one, great example there. Jonathan Ross had a BBC, said, you know what, Johnny boy? On you go. You can go and work for somebody else. And that's exactly what's going to happen when it comes to Clarkson. The BBC can't afford to let him go. He makes the corporation millions. If you believe the reports, he's going to be sacked today. Uh, Jen says here, um, any presenter is worth more than Clarkson and nobody can replace the legend that is Sir Paul McCartney. To prove it, play one of his hits now. Does anybody actually believe that Macca, the real Macca, died back in 1966? When you were young and your heart was an open book Used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry, say, live and let die. Great vocals from Billy Shears, Live and Let Die. Uh, Shirley, thank you for your message. I'm going to put you down as a believer. 
on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Justin Dealey on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yep, standing in for the boss. He's got a cold, hopefully back with you first thing Friday morning. Uh, now, this week we've been covering the story, and it's got you all going, of off-road motorbikes being driven across pavements, parks and the wrong way around roundabouts in Houghton Regis. Uh, lots of your calls came in uh, telling us that the police did absolutely nothing about it, despite seeing it firsthand in some cases. The local Tory MP, Andrew Salou, he wants answers. Section 59 of the Police Reform Act gives the police powers to act in this area. And if the police have been behaving like that, that's an issue I will take up directly with the Chief Constable. Um, Parliament has passed laws in this area. These bikes they are illegal to be written uh, to be ridden on the public highway and on council-owned land, and that is where they're being ridden all over the place uh, in, in Houghton Regis and in Dunstable as well. So it is simply not acceptable. So he wants answers, so do you. I want you to listen to what's coming up here and I want your reaction to this because this is absolutely incredible. So we gave the police a call, didn't we, Catherine? Yeah, because you remember yesterday morning Bedfordshire police were not available to come onto the programme to respond, so... And they did get a little bit of a, a hammering and maybe unfairly, so we wanted to give them the right of reply. Mm. So yesterday one of our reporters called Bedfordshire police seven times to get someone to come on the breakfast programme. Now we asked to speak to the Chief Constable Colette Paul or the Chief inspector overseeing the problems in Houghton Regis because this is a bit more than just something an officer dealing with the mm. area can deal with. So the listener's doing their job reporting it to us, our reporter doing her job, she phoned seven times this is fantastic, who's coming on the programme today? Well that's an interesting question and it has to say be said that the listeners weren't just reporting it to us, they were reporting the fact that they had reported it to police to us as well, so it wasn't like they were bypassing mm -hmm. the police. So first of all our reporter was told by Bedfordshire Police that we don't feel it's appropriate for the Chief Constable to comment because it's a very localised issue and it's not happening across the county. Wow. Well, you know, OK. Mm. We had reports that it was happening in Luton and also in Dunstable as well, but OK. So our reporter asked for the request to be put to a nonetheless. Our reporter was then told that the local chief inspector may be available to answer questions on the issue, but later in the day it emerged that he wasn't going to be available this morning, but he would go and speak to our drive time programme yesterday. Ah, so even though the concerns were raised on this programme, drive time was where they wanted to go. Now, you would think that he'd be busier in the afternoon rather than first thing in the morning on this programme. Well, there is that, but, I mean, who knows what his schedule might be? It's unfortunate because, you know, as our reporter pointed out and you just said it was listeners to this program who brought the issue to our attention so it made much more sense to have the answers here too because the same people will be listening so they yes. can get the answers to their their questions now we said we can fit around his availability so choose a morning tell us a morning that might be good for him the response from Bedfordshire police then changed we won't be putting him forward to talk to your breakfast program on any day Let's just get that clear again on any day not today not tomorrow not Friday any day. Instead, they said they would send us a statement and they added, we would like to ask the people of Houghton Regis not to contact the BBC but to come to us directly. Uh, Which, by the yeah. way, is what they have been doing. Yes. Which is why they've come to us, because they're getting no joy. <laughs> Our reporter then asked if the request had ever been put to the Chief Constable to come on the breakfast programme. Our reporter was told, well, as you can appreciate, these are very busy people and that we don't consider it appropriate for the Chief Constable to comment and that she would not be speaking to us on the issue at all either. That, to me, maybe I'm jumping to the wrong conclusion, is a no. Yes. 
When our reporter asked for a future date, again said that we could fit around the availability of, of a very, very busy person who always, you know, has has spoken out about important things in the past and, um, you know, she, she could defend herself fine. Mm. When we asked for that future date, yes. they said that the actions that they were taking were laid out in the statement, so there'll be nothing more to say on the subject either this week or next week. Do you know what? I, I know I'm meant to be impartial, but I'm starting to get really, really angry. OK, just lastly, and I'm sure that people want to have their say about this, so we won't be getting anybody from Bedfordshire Police at all then, Catherine. Well, Bedfordshire Police then said that they had heard that the county's police and crime commissioner, Ollie Martins, was coming on the programme and they were happy for him to represent their views. Now, let's just get this straight. Ollie Martins is not a police spokesman. He's there to hold them to account on behalf of the public as the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. Now, admittedly, within his role, he can work with the police to achieve certain things on behalf of council taxpayers, but he has no power in operational matters. So if police have to change the way they work to deal with something, that is Colette Paul's job. And this isn't really a story about off-road motorbikes just in Houghton Regis. As we said, it's about Dunstable and Luton as well. But mm. also, if the public are telling us that they are seeing lawlessness and the police are seeing lawlessness and sitting in their vans doing nothing about it. You would think the Chief Constable might have something to say. There might be a reason why they are not acting. There might be something that they have planned in the future that mm -hmm, they maybe mm -hmm. don't want to tell us about fully but they can allude to so that people don't have a fear and this is the fear in Houghton Regis. The fear is these people can do what they want and they know it. So anyway, they sent us a statement, and before I read out the statement, here's Andrew Salou again. I don't even think I want to hear it, but here go we go. On. I have a role to uh, challenge and chase and you know, hold the police and the local councils to account, which is exactly what I intend to do. Um, but it, it's not sorted yet. I mean, I did learn from the police yesterday. They have now uh, bought some dedicated off-road bikes, but I want officers on those bikes. I want to see some arrests. And I want to see some of these mini motos crushed. Okay, let's hear the dull statement. The statement is from Chief Inspector Gavin Hughes Rowlands, who looks after policing in central Bedfordshire. We have received a number of reports that motorcycles are being ridden off road and causing issues in Houghton Regis, and we would like to reassure the public that we are working hard to address this pro problem. Two off road police motorcyclists will be provided to that specific area in the coming weeks in order to directly tackle those responsible, supported by two dedicated uniformed police officers. A number of PCSOs will also be on hand to assist with issues such as recovering seized vehicles. Do you know what? I'm absolutely speechless. It's not It's not very often that happens, is it? And you've known me for a long time. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Um, OK, if you live in Houghton Regis, we'll take your reaction again. Or Dunstable. Or, or, Luton. or Luton. I'll tell you what, here's the first thing we'll throw out, because Bed's police are saying to us, the issue is too local for somebody high in authority to come on this programme. So if we're talking Houghton Regis, Dunstable, Luton, where else in Bedfordshire is there a problem with these off-road motorbikes? Kids on bikes, no helmets, uh, causing absolute chaos. If you live in Bedfordshire, is it a problem where you live? Uh, Bed's police saying, nope, it's too local. But also your reaction to the fact, again, they are refusing to come on this programme and refusing to come on to get this absolutely clear any day. Any day. 08459 455 555. It's got my blood boiling. I've been reporting on that story now for two days. Everyone I've spoken to in that, in that area has a story about these bikes. Every single person yet the police still will not come on the show. 6.30.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Checking the motorways to begin with, the A1M is moving fine through the roadworks between the M25 and Junction 2 for Wellham Green, but expect delays because of those roadworks later on. And no delays on the M25 so far, and it's all moving fine on the M11 through Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford, where there was an accident earlier on. In Borehamwood on the A1 Barnet Bypass, there are queues between the Holiday Inn Turnoff and Mill Hill Circus. And having a look at the speed sensors in High Wycombe, it's all moving fine on Marlow Hill, but there are temporary traffic lights just before Marlow road which could cause some delays. On the trains, the 6.55 train from Milton Keynes Central to London Euston is delayed and on the underground there are some problems. The Jubilee line has severe delays between Wembley Park and Wilsdon Green and the Metropolitan line has minor delays between Wembley Park and Baker Street. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. More travel news on the way for you in 15 minutes time. Um, I'm shocked about what I've just heard from Bedfordshire Police. Um... You as somebody who lives locally, how do you feel about what you've just heard? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Foreign Secretary says some British nationals are likely to have been on the passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning. Two police officers on off-road motorbikes are to be sent to Houghton Regis to tackle problems with nuisance riders. Residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain about what they say is a lack of response from Bedfordshire Police. And House of Lords committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. All the goals came in the first half with Sam Saunders, Paul Hayes and Alfie Mawson on target for the chairboys with Elliot Lee netting a brace for the Hatters. The win keeps Gareth Ainsworth's side on course for a top three finish. I enjoyed the first half more than the second half, believe me. Uh, I thought we deserved the win tonight, the way we defended, the character we showed second half. They were, they were on top, we, uh, we had to face an onslaught and we knew it was coming. We did the damage first half and I thought some of the play going forward was outstanding. We started the game fantastic. But Luton's fifth straight defeat effectively means the end of any faint hopes of automatic promotion for John Still's team. Everyone has to look at their, their performance in terms of mistakes being made, not necessarily how they play, but unfortunately we have never given goals away here we haven't until the last sort of six or seven games we've given goals away in conference south last night hemel hempstead beat chelmsford 3-1 to stay in playoff contention watford centre-half joel ekstrand is facing a nine-month layoff with the knee injury sustained in saturday's defeat by ipswich tottenham midfielder deli alley has resumed training with mk dons after six weeks out with an ankle injury and stevenage defender harry worley made his return in a training game yesterday after being out since august and Watford's Kecianya is in the Scotland squad for tonight's friendly against Northern Ireland at Hampden Park with his Hornets teammate Craig Cathcart in the Irish squad. Cathcart is joined by Milton Keynes, Don's trio, Lee Hodson, Ben Reeves and Will Grigg. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. This is Justin Dealey on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yep, the J-Dog standing in for the boss. Ian's got a cold, hopefully... Back with your first thing Friday. Oh, what a tune this is. Boss Skaggs, what can I say on Wednesday morning? 
Cool tune, eh? Boss Gags. Silk Degrees. Come on, be careful with your answer here. I like it, but he does sing in a funny way, doesn't he? That's why he's doing that far. It's really good. You know, Boss Gag, what can I say? Uh, on the text, uh, right, Mark says, first of all, morning, J-Dog. Uh, my favourite Bond theme and film. Yeah, talking about uh, Billy Shears, Live and Let Die. Uh, the reason we're saying that is because this week... <laughs> the reason you're saying that. <laughs> Seriously, this week... I feel like a different person, and I'm going to keep off the internet at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it has seriously messed me up, guys. I'm a different person right now. He's uh, been watching documentaries, and I use uh, quote bonnies for that. Documentaries on YouTube. Yes, I have. Uh, apparently, Ringo Starr said something recently where, where allegedly he admitted he admitted that the real Paul McCartney died in 1966 oh, and was replaced with a lookalike called Billy Shears. <laughs> Why are you You laughing? don't believe this nonsense, do you? OK, let me give you a few examples. Give me the ev. OK, the evidence would be, OK, the bass guitar wreath on Sergeant Pepper. Okay. There's a lot of stuff on Sergeant Pepper. All right, number three. I buried Paul, strawberry fields forever. Drugs. There's in, the answer to in that. In the outro of Strawberry Fills Forever, John Lennon can be heard on the left channel of the recording to say something along the lines of, I buried Paul. I married Paul. Billy Shears. Billy Shears, the name disappeared in 1966 <laughs> after he joined the Beatles. Shut up. No, okay. <laughs> More lyrics. He blew his mind out in a car. 
Yeah, that was apparently in... died in a car crash. Paul is dead. I miss him. I miss him. Again, a line from a song. Why would they be saying things like this? A lot drugs. Of... Or clues, or clues to the truth. Or, or definitely drugs. I mean, come on. Does anybody else out there, and, and this is a genuine question, because this week my mind is just all over the place, and it normally is, but this week, well, I'm just... I'm on a different planet because I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> Do you believe that Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced with a look-alike, sound-alike, Billy Shears? 08459 455 555. Mark also says, will you be doing a tribute to Jackie Trent on Saturday? Yes, I will. A female icon. Anyway, the papers. What have we got? The papers. BBC will sack Clarkson over assault on Top Gear producers, says the Daily Mail, and a number of other papers this morning. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson is expected to be fired as a presenter of Top Gear. It was reported last night. A BBC investigation has found the 54-year-old did attack a producer on the programme, according to the Telegraph. So, so far, the BBC is saying we've not... Um, made a decision and, and we, when we do we will tell you but the papers think they've already got it and um, this uh, report allegedly found that Mr Clarkson spent 20 minutes verbally abusing a producer before launching a 30 second physical assault the director general Lord Hall is expected to announce a decision on Clarkson's future today uh, the BBC is insisting a final decision hasn't been made last night uh, when we have an outcome we'll announce it OK so if we're to believe this and I think there's, there's every truth in this if this story is to be believed, and it was trending last night, if Clarkson is to be sacked today by the BBC, have they made a big mistake? In my opinion, yes, they have, and a big, big, big mistake. You can't punch people at work. Can't you, though? Let's have this conversation right now, and we could get in trouble for this, but let's have the conversation on air right now. Why can't you punch people at work? Because uh, it's assault. Because it's it bullying. Especially, you know, if in this case what happened is, is being reported faithfully, it's someone who is in a huge amount of, of power and authority over someone else, and um, the, it's not an equal footing. You just can't fight at work. You just can't fight at work. If you were to have a fight at work, you'd, just, you'd be sacked. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You see, I think it's different with you because you're the producer of this programme this morning and you're a lady. If I punched you, of course I should be sacked. No, That's but different. if I was a man, you'd be sacked. No, I don't I don't go along with that. I think if... Let's just say Ian was here this morning. I'm yeah. standing in for Ian. Normally I'm Ian's reporter. And, you know, we're under a lot of pressure every single day to come up with the goods on this programme. Mm -hmm. If we have a disagreement and we have a a strong disagreement and he punches me well as long as it's not happening every single week i don't get what the big deal is okay. because people in an environment like that they're under severe pressure and these things are going to happen i think that if you uh if you saw it that way if you were the punched person then mm -hmm. that's one thing this guy doesn't see it that way so does he have a right to go to work without having his face punched uh, well move him on to a different program Move them on to a different programme. That is like saying that if you earn a certain amount of money or if you earn a certain amount of money for the corporation, you can mm. do what you want. To a certain degree, you can. And I know that sounds really bad, but if he's making millions for the BBC every single year, this programme is no programme without him. To a certain degree, I think he can do what he wants. He can say what he wants. It's all a big act. And they know they, they're well, going to Well, it wasn't an it. act punching this guy in the face, was it? No, no, but obviously previous warnings, you know, I think it's all part of the act. But I just think, you know, I just think that, that in a work environment, if you're producing a television programme that's that popular, that millions of people... At 
absolutely love. Every now and again, you know, man to man, geezer to geezer, call it whatever you want to, things are going to get out of hand. And sometimes, as blokes, that's the only way that we know to punch somebody. Really? Yeah, no, seriously. Well, I think there'll be loads of blokes out there who'll say, uh, don't count mean and that. I th- well, take your views on this. You can text me 81333, start your message with 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Let's just put it out there. Have you ever had a fight at work? I think that the way people are talking about this, as if it's a complete and utter one-off case, Clarkson, what an absolute outrage, how dare he punch somebody. I think people have fights at work all the time. How if often you, have you been punched at work? I haven't been punched at work, but okay. I tell you what, it's come very, very close. I've been pushed at work, so what, not here, so I've what, been pushed. So what stopped you? What stopped me punching somebody? Decency and professionalism. Mm. Well, was I professional by getting involved in a, in a pushing match in my previous job? You didn't, push, you didn't punch him, though? I didn't punch him, but it came close to punching him. I came close. I just think these things are going to happen. I think if we're living in the real world, the real world, okay, not some fantasy land where everyone's all really nice. In the real world, fights are going to happen at work. Okay. I'll be shocked. So, so if we are underlings at work, we should expect that the uh, richer blokes can push us around and do what they want. Not saying that. Not you saying. Kind of are. Not. I'm, 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 what I'm saying is, in a work environment. To go back to the original point in a work environment like he's in and yes he may be on a lot of money but where there's money comes extreme pressure he wants to be the very very best because if he's not he's gonna be <laughs> slated in this case he wants steak and chips and he may just for that split second have lost it yes he shouldn't have punched him what he should do is apologize and then everybody moves on that's it. Everybody moves on. It's been blown out of proportion. But he's just going to go now to another TV channel and make even more money. The, the only person who wins in all of this, you've got to admit, is Clarkson. Because he's, he's going to go to ITV or go to Sky. It'll make a fortune. Somebody will want to employ him. A bit like Jonathan Ross. Let him go. Let him go. BBC doing it again. Let him go. Just let him go. You can't do that. You can't do that. You're shocked at my views, aren't you? We're not going to agree. Uh, what do you think? You can email as well, justin.dealey at bbc.co.uk. Uh, on a more uh, light-hearted subject, uh, Black Friday, very quickly. Uh, this year, um, the companies have been warned not to go as uh, hyper as last year. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Dunstable. I don't agree with this. I went to Dunstable last year. Punching over a telly. People were punching and biting punching and biting over a television which to be quite honest with you I wouldn't have bought for my worst enemy it wasn't even a well-known brand was it no it it was just it was a brand who used to sponsor Watford I mean enough said (laughs) enough said 15 minutes to seven travel news for beds hearts and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio on the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow from Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road towards Junction 9 for Redbourne and the M25 anti-clockwise beginning to get quite busy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. The North Orbital Road is also building up around the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts and elsewhere in Bishop Stortford on Dunmore Road. That's closed for water mains work between Stansted Road and Stortford Hall Park, so expect delays there. On the trains, the 647 service from Stevenage to Peterborough is delayed and there's some delays on the Underground this morning. The Jubilee line has severe delays between Wembley Park and Wilsdon Green, and the Metropolitan line has minor delays between Harrow on the Hill and Uxbridge. That's because of late finishing engineering works at Neasden. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. More travel news on the way for you just before seven. 
So, the headlines you're waking up to this morning. The Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been on the passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. A long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and 80s is published later this morning. And I've got to say this because it's in my contract. Uh, Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's match. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, Alina, before mm. you start, later on today, yep. I'm going to be in Stevenage. I'm going to be recording my late, latest Taking It To The Streets video. Mm. Uh, it's Ladies' Day for my show this Saturday. I'm going to be dressed up as Madonna, OK? <laughs> <laughs> which which style of Madonna? Because there's different styles. Okay, baby, you want to get technical? We'll get technical. Yeah, All right, yeah. okay. We're talking like a prayer. We're we talking Vogue. We're know? talking comb bra. <laughs> All right, we're talking comb bra. We're talking high heels. Uh, the heels have got J Dog written on them. Yeah. Uh, I've got the eyelashes. I've got the full shebang. All right. So I'm going to be amazing. in Stevenish for around midday. Yes. You better come up with the goods here, Alina. What's happening? I have rustled up something lovely for you today. The best day of the week, actually. It is a chilly start this morning. There's a touch of frost in places. few mist patches, too, but they will quickly lift. We've got a fine day on the cards. Plenty of sunshine. There will be some fair weather cloud developing. There is a very small chance of a shower, but you'll be unlucky to find one of those, and generally it is a dry day. After the chilly start, temperatures recovering to around 9 or 10 Celsius, light northwesterly winds. Clear skies this evening and at first tonight before the cloud builds from the west, bringing some rain through the early hours, a southwesterly wind strengthening as well. Under clearer skies initially we'll see temperatures dipping down to 2 Celsius but those values recovering as the cloud and rain arrive. Wet morning tomorrow the rain will gradually clear eastward so by the afternoon at the latest it will be dry with a return of the sunshine. A much milder field tomorrow, highs of 12 Celsius and then on Friday it's a cloudy breezy day, some drizzly rain later in the day but not amounting to much. Saturday will be cloudy and blustery with perhaps a spell of persistent rain around the middle part of the day and that's your forecast. Thank you Elena, thank you very much. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Justin Dealey. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Yep, standing in for the boss. Only for a couple of days. He's got a cold. Ian, hopefully back first thing Friday morning. OK, Jamie's in Lucen. Hi, Jamie. Morning. Welcome to the programme. It's talk- Grumpy Jamie. Oh, Grumpy Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm pretty good today. Oh, there Can you go. Can you hear by his voice? Yeah. You, you, you sound great, Jamie. Yeah, not bad. It's Wednesday. We're getting there for the weekend. Fact, not fiction. Yes, very true. So we're talking about Clarkson. Uh, It's expected that he's going to be sacked today. As far as I'm concerned, this is a massive mistake. Uh, What's your your opinion? The thing is, if if they sack him, the revenue for the show is going to go down. So how many more people besides him will lose their jobs? 
Ooh, that's a really good point, actually. That's a really good point, because I think what's going to happen is here, Jamie, I think the other two on that programme are going to jump ship as well. Somebody's going to come in and take all three of them. No more Top Gear. Millions of pounds lost for the BBC. That could potentially mean job cuts. Well, hang on a minute. In this um, newspaper article that we were reading earlier on, they're suggesting that Chris Evans might step in. Oh, come on. He knows Come about cars. On. He knows about cars. Jamie, you agree. I, I, let's just get this absolutely clear as well. I'm not a massive fan of the TV show. I don't sit there every week watching it, but I do think that Clarkson is an absolute genius. I think he's the best presenter on TV, and I put it out there earlier on, people to come on and tell me a better presenter on TV. So far, we've got Jonathan Ross. I mean, come on. He's the, he's the best in the business. He's on the box right now. But let's get back to, to the issue of him punching somebody. Should you be allowed to punch somebody at work? No, not at work. It's not acceptable. Outside the gate, possibly, but not at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, I mean, they weren't technically on set or anything, but they mm. were at work because, you know, it's... the. They're in public, hmm. they're on a shoot, they're being paid for by the BBC to stay somewhere. They, they're representing the corporation, aren't they? I thought the shoot had finished when it all happened. Well, yeah, it had. They were at the hotel, but still... So, really, is that, um, is that in work's time? Well, they're being paid for by the BBC still, aren't they? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's like me walking outside my gate and punching one of my staff. No, for... it's like you've been on a work do and having a, and a punch-up. You'd still be in trouble for that, wouldn't you? I think you would be, Jamie. Oh, I, I think, I think... you would, would you? I think if we went for a breakfast after this programme mm. and we were down... Uh, and the BBC was paying for it. Yeah, well, even oh, if yeah. they weren't paying for it... Well, it, in this case, they weren't. OK, so w we've gone for a breakfast after the programme. The BBC are paying it, which they don't normally do, by the way. In fact, they never do that, Jamie. I can't remember our last breakfast freebie here. Come on, BBC, sort it out. So, if we've gone for a breakfast, it's on the BBC. Me and Ian, we have a row. He punches me. Uh, that that's that's still work for me. Even if the BBC are not paying for it, we're still in in a work environment. And it is like. work because yeah. the reason why Clarkson was annoyed with this guy is because he said him not providing steak and chips was him not doing his job properly. Yeah. So he's still ordering him about, isn't he? <laughs> steak and chips. Thank you, Jamie. No problem. Take care. Take care. Let's go to Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, mate. How are you, Mark? Not bad. How are you? Very well indeed. We're talking about uh, King Clarkson. Should he go? Yes or no? What do you think? It's, well, let's face it, long and short of it, the law states um, something along the lines of hitting someone within the workplace is not right. It's, it's assault. Long and short of it. Um, I'm a fan of Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, it'd be a shame to see him go, but what happened happened and uh, he should be penalised for it. OK, so what about you, Mark? Have you never, ever got into a row, into a punch-up with another man at work? Has that never happened to you? Um, I used to work within the security industry, so it used to happen every week. Ah, but were you fighting? Were you fighting with the public, or were you fighting with people that you worked with? It wasn't. It wasn't fighting as such. Mine was more control and restraint. But long and short of it, uh, it came down to uh, people at work as well as okay. people of the public. Let's it be clear on this, Mark. Let's be clear on this. Were you ever punched by somebody at work? By a work uh, colleague? I have been once or twice, yes. OK, now what happened next? Um, if it was a colleague, they were strongly reprimanded, if not sacked. 
but were so they why saying... Is it, why are you talking like it's on a two-tier system because Jeremy Clarkson actually has a lot no, more No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it real, Mark, because a lot of people are saying, oh, Clarkson, he, he's a millionaire, he's got loads of money. Take that out of the equation. No, but I, that's part of your justification hmm. for why it would be a mistake to, to sack him to because certain, he makes a lot of money for the corporation. To a certain degree, but Mark here has had a real situation with a work colleague who punched you. Was that person sacked, Mark, yes or no? Yes, yes that person was sacked. And do you think that was the right thing to do? Yes, it was. What was the row over? Um, that's something I don't really want to go into on air. Okay, fair enough. But, but did you want him sacked, or would you be, would you personally have been happy with an apology and then to move on and put it behind you? No, that person was a liability. Okay, so you think Clarkson's a liability, and he's got to go. I never actually said that. Um, I mm. don't know the full ins and outs of everything, so I've only been catching snippets of what happened, but mm. over in Hot Meal or something to the other, yeah. be more of a man and actually, look, it happened. It's only to fight over a dinner now, is it? Now, well, if you were homeless and you were fighting for food, yeah, all right, there may be a different aspect on it, but yeah. a man who's got millions? Nah. Mark, what's your favourite steak, Mark? Pardon? What's your favourite steak? What's your favourite steak? Ribeye. Ribeye, yeah, good man, good man. It's got the marble going through it, it's got the flavour. That's what the row was over. That's what it, it was over. It still makes no difference. It's a, it's a food. He's not homeless, is he? He's not fighting to literally stay alive. No, it's, it's a good point. If he doesn't like what he likes, he can go down the local after and... Uh... <laughs> Order Mark, you tell it the way it is. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. All the best. There you go. Mark on his mobile phone there. Um, interesting views. Uh, one more before the champs. What else is in the papers this morning? Oh, there seen? was this, a sunspot. I always like these because it doesn't tell you an awful lot, but it sometimes it gives you a bit of food for thought. And in this case, it's about um, food that drives your crackers. L literally, this burglar uh, was jailed for six months despite trying to blame his crime spree on... Go on. Candy floss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he reckoned it caused temporary insanity. Now, um, yeah, the judge didn't believe it, and yep. I don't think the public would generally believe it, but uh, there are certain foods and certain colleagues of mine that will tell me that uh, f food tips them over the edge, and you're one of them, Justin. Do you know what? There's so much I want to talk about this morning. I've got so many of these texts coming in. I'll come to those very soon, I promise. But do you know what? When I was a kid, I was banned from drinking orange juice. <laughs> Okay, because it sent me absolutely bananas. And now you're grown up, what sends you into a rage? <sighs> Bacon. And again, I put this out there, seriously. <laughs> you may be laughing, but somebody please back me up on this one. If I eat bacon, it's salty, it dehydrates me, it makes me angry, I call it bacon rage. And still, I'm yet to find anybody who believes in this very serious condition. There's got to be somebody out there, surely, who agrees with me. 08459 The foods that send you crazy. Uh, we can do that this morning. Thank you, Catherine. I'll talk to you very soon. Right, lots we're talking about this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. The time is now three minutes to seven. And let's have a tune, shall we? From the champs. Oh, yeah, here we go. Wednesday morning. Let's start some bucks. Tequila.
especially for Simon Oxley, the champs. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the speed sensors and the usual queues building up on the M1 southbound between Luton and Dunstable and the M25 anti-clockwise is looking very slow from junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. In Watford itself, Rickmansworth Road's looking busy around the Town Hall roundabout at Beach and Grove and on the trains there's no major delays at the moment but the London Underground has severe delays on the Jubilee line between Wembley Park and Wilston Green and the Metropolitan Line has minor delays between Uxbridge and Harrow on the Hill. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. So much we're talking about today. Those off-road bikes in House and Regis. Bedfordshire Police, are they coming on the programme today? No. Tomorrow? No. Friday? No. Not coming on full stop. We'll take your reaction and Clarkson, should he go? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, British victims likely an Alps plane crash. Report to be published into contaminated blood and Wickham win at Luton in League Two promotion clash. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, says some British nationals are likely to have been on the German wings passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps. All 150 people on board were killed. Professor Graham Braithwaite is director of the Safety and Accident Investigation Centre at Cranfield University in Bedfordshire. The investigators will want to be very careful to be painstaking in collecting together the evidence to fathom out what happened here. I understand that one of the recorders has been recovered, so it'll be a priority to try and get hold of that other recorder so they can try and understand the last phases of flight. But you'll find that the investigators are unlikely to make comment about what they think the cause will be until they're really sure. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning. Although the focus is on cases in Scotland, it could lead to victims in the three counties finally getting compensation. Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire Alistair Burt says the scale of the disaster is immense. This is the 15th biggest peacetime disaster in British history in which the Black Death at 3.5 million is the worst, but the awful Abba Van, whose name we all know, is but the 142nd, with 144 lives lost. Contaminated blood has killed 12 times more. Two police officers on off-road motorbikes are to be sent to Houghton Regis to tackle problems with nuisance riders. Residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain about what they say is a lack of response from Bedfordshire Police. More from Nicola Hazler. In a statement, police say they are working hard to address the problem. They say two off-road police motorcyclists will be sent to the area in the next few weeks, supported by two uniformed police officers. They say a number of PCSOs will also be on hand to help with issues such as recovering seized vehicles. Yesterday, we spoke to Louise Spenderlow, who was left traumatised when an off-road biker crashed into her car, then rode off. A £1,000 reward is being offered for information about the car vandalism that has hit High Wycombe in recent weeks. It comes after another six cars were damaged on Monday night. The vandalism has been linked to protests over the inquest verdict on Wycombe man Habib Ullah. A House of Lords committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckingham. The peers argue that cheaper alternatives haven't been properly explored and London, rather than the Midlands or the North, is likely to get the most out of it. 
In sport, Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. Mawson strides forward, still Mawson. Hayes through to Mawson, it'll be a great goal! What a goal for Wickham! I mean, I said before the game, you know, what could be the difference is that little bit of magic, and I think Paul Hayes has, has created that with a, with a superb bit of magic. But Alfie does that, you know, how many times have we seen him come out of defence with the ball? The win keeps Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham on course for a top three finish. The weather, a cloudy start and then a largely bright and dry day. Maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. So, can you just chill out this morning, please? Can you stop playing that clip of the Wickham Wanderers goal from last night? You're winding me up, boss. Sorry, but uh, people in Wickham probably enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, OK. I didn't go last night. Come on the town this weekend, away to Northampton. Three big juicy points, please. OK, it's Wednesday morning. Justin Dealey standing in for Ian Lee. You may have heard Ian yesterday. By the end of the programme, the poor fella, he can hardly talk. He's got a cold, so yesterday I've been out... I've actually bought him some vitamin pills. Suck to my word on this one. So hopefully, Ian, back with you on Friday. Get well soon. Lots on the programme today. Lots we're talking about. Bad blood. Naughty bikers. Yeah, Beds Police, are they coming on? No, they're not coming on. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not Friday. Not any day. Their words, not mine. If you live in the area, your response. And also, a really weird story coming up, which I still can't get my head round. Spiritual safe zones. We'll talk about that before 8 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go to the phones. Uh, it's uh, Annalie. Annalie, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, and you? Excellent. Yeah, now, Catherine, you spoke about this story in the papers, didn't you, uh, just before the 7 o'clock travel and news. Um, it's a weird story about food and, and, wait for it, guys, candy floss. Yeah, a burglar from Florida tried to get off uh, prison by claiming that candy floss had driven him to temporary insanity. Yep. But there are foods that affect people. There are. There's no denying it. There are. For me, it is bacon. Annalie, have you ever come across anybody who goes a bit crazy after eating bacon? I call it bacon rage. I've had to get specialist bacon in because my son couldn't eat certain foods and it was so severe he couldn't eat fruit and vegetables. Is that it right? Would, he would absolutely go... He, would be, he couldn't function properly at all. So, it affected his communication. Don't get me wrong, I don't agree with whatever this guy in America did with candy floss or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I have seen it firsthand how food affects the brain and can destabilise somebody. My son was in a specialist school for five years until we got him treated. Wow. Um, they wanted to put him on Ritalin. We wouldn't do it because um, I don't agree with any of that. We've done it all alternatively. And now his body can't take anything from a cow because it sends him... He, he just can't process it. I feel a bit so, guilty for, for doing this phoning now because it's taken a very serious turn. So, so name me the top three, the top three foods then we're talking about here. When he was younger, it was literally he couldn't eat any fruit. The only piece of fruit he could eat was the golden delicious apple with the skin taken off. OK, so fruit number one. Number two? Uh, broccoli and carrots he couldn't have, anything. Cauliflower, I mean, you name it, he could not eat it. And number three? Was, oh, God. Uh, oh, um, 
pineapple was severe. So, really so anything, so basically anything healthy and good for you just yep. wasn't working for your child? He couldn't at all process it. I mean, he still, um, out of all the fruit and vegetables that we could have, he could have the um, rooting type vegetables, so mm. like turnip and swede. Um, but, you know, so he's, he's very adaptable now. Yeah, so <laughs> thankfully, he, he thankfully for you. Beer. Yeah, thankfully for you and your family. Things have moved on. Um, you saw a specialist and it's now under control, thankfully, yeah? Absolutely. And in Australia, they do great scientific research on these foods that cause problems for the brain and people do go crazy on them. Annalie, every now and again, a story like this crops up in the papers. Would you mind if I kept you on file here? Would that be OK? That's fine. I come on to Roberto's show anyway, so, yeah, that's fine. OK, great stuff. Thank you, Annalie. All the very best. Take, take care. Wow. Bye-bye. wasn't expecting that. There you go. Uh, foods that drive you crazy. Uh, this person claiming candy floss sent him mad. Um, the foods that have sent you crazy. For me, it's bacon. Seriously, if I go down the cafe with the guys, I can't have bacon because I call it bacon rage. It's salty. It makes me dehydrated. I get angry. I get furious. Within an hour, I'm rowing with people. I'm not that sort of person. Which foods send you a bit crazy? 08459 555 or you can text me. We'll come to those texts very soon. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Texts will be charged at the standard network rate. BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight minutes past seven. Now, a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and the 80s. It's out later this morning. Although the focus of the Penrose inquiry is on cases in Scotland, it could lead to victims here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks finally getting compensation. Now, one of those is haemophiliac Nikki Jones from St Albans, who was given a blood clotting agent called Factor 8. Now, this was given to her when she was eight years old, which she believes gave her hepatitis C. Nikki joins me live in the studio right now. Nikki, thanks so much for coming in for us. Hi, thank you. Um, so you were eight years old when you had this transfusion. Tell us more about what happened. Uh, what happened, I was diagnosed with haemophilia when I was about seven. My dad's a haemophiliac. Um, I had to have treatment for various things, like I broke my arm, uh, I had tooth extractions, and then when I was about eight I needed a tonsillectomy, and um, what we didn't know was they changed the original treatment I was having from cryocypricate to factor eight. Mm. Um, I had the tonsillectomy, I was poorly in hospital for a little while after that, and when I was discharged some weeks, months later, I was extremely poorly. Um, I lost interest in in school, playing, all the normal things that, that a child would do. And I literally just took to my bed. Um, as I say, I had uh, many health problems. My mum would take me back to the haemophilia centre, asking them, what have you done with my child? Yeah. They would kind of run off into little rooms, and in the end they were just saying it was psychological problems. Wow. OK, so, so you knew, your family knew pretty much straight away that yes. there was something wrong. Yeah. Um, when did you find out you had hepatitis C? It wasn't till 1995. It had been reported on the news that many haemophiliacs had been given hepatitis C. Um, so how many years was that before you actually found out? So it was 15 years. 15 years 15 before you years. found out. You've been suffering with that for 15 years. Yes. 
yeah, 15 years. And, and the worst thing is they knew because they'd taken blood in 91, which I was unaware of. Yeah. Um, and that blood test result said that I was hepatitis C positive, but I was only told in 95 through asking. I mean, <clears throat> to, to hear you sit here and tell me that, it's just absolutely shocking. Yeah. 15 years of your life, mm -hmm. and as you say, they had the blood there, so, yeah. so, they, so they must have known that you had, had hepatitis C. They must have done. Yeah. Um, how has it affected your life even now? Um, it's had a massive impact on my life, um, along with my family's. Um, I've had health problems since, since I was a child. I've been under different specialists and, and basically no one kind of really knows how to deal with, with my health problems. I had um, breast cancer when I was 39. I become unwell, I'm put on steroids. I live on um, painkillers to get through the day. Um, and I work, I do work, I've mm -hmm. always worked. Um, but this is the impact that it's had on, on my life and, and many others. Many others sadly have passed away. This report is out today. Um, all these years on, you still haven't received an apology for what's happened. That must be, and we'll talk about compensation in a moment, but that must be the hardest thing to take, that you've suffered all of your life and still you haven't received an apology. That's right. No, no apology um, has been, been said by, by any of the political parties. And it's time now... 30 years after individuals campaigning that, that we do receive an apology. Mm. It's an admission of what was done was wrong and I think that needs to be addressed and, and as I say, an apology put in place. You tried for compensation in the past, haven't you? That's correct, yeah. It's an ex gracia payment set up by why, the Skipton Fund. Why do you think you were turned down for compensation before? <clears throat> they, uh, the Skipton Fund said that um, I'd naturally cleared the virus, they believe, on the balance of probabilities within six months. Obviously, mm. from 1980, and it was 97 I cleared it, that's 17 years exposed to hepatitis C. I have to say now, even my blood test results come back um, saying that it doesn't say I have got it, but it doesn't say I haven't as well. It is a virus that lays dormant in, in the body. What do you want from this inquiry today, as somebody who's suffered like this? Um, we want an apology. Uh, we want a political commitment to sort out compensation for the contaminated blood victims, as well as an apology. Let's talk money for a second, just before you go. And we mentioned this briefly earlier on, because some people say, well, money, what's that going to do? How will that make any difference? But but, but tell, us, tell us what you think you're entitled to and what you might do with that money. Personally, um, people have pushed for individual assessments, which, which I think would be a better way forward because especially the haemophilia community mm -hmm. have been exposed to many different viruses and pathogens. It's not just hepatitis C. Yeah. We're also high risk to CJD. But you personally, after what you've been through, well, what do you think you, you should be entitled to and how would you spend that money? Some very personal questions there, yeah, I know, but no, before you go, no, that is. What, what, what would you do? Well, personally, I would like to put towards a mortgage. Um, I can't get life insurance because of the viruses I have, I'm loaded. So any money I did receive 
would would be to put towards a mortgage mm. um, and to, to help my children as well. Can you put a figure on it for us? I believe, like many have said, but personally, <laughs> half a million, al half a million. along with a, a lump sum payment mm. or pension every year. OK, and one final question. We've got to be quick on this one because some people may be listening and we always get the odd person yep. who's got this opinion, oh, you're just being greedy. Yep. But, but after what you've been through... An apology is one thing, but, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes the only way you can make a wrong right is through money. That's yes. the only way, isn't it, surely? Yep. Well, that, let's be honest, um, individuals um, that put themselves forward for, for trials for drugs, they're, they're paid for that. Yeah. We were used as human guinea pigs, as, as Lord Morris said, um, and, yeah, they should pay for what happened to us. Sadly, many have died. Yeah. So Well, thankfully, you're still here. Yeah. Um, let's see what this inquiry brings today. Thank you for telling your story. I um, really appreciate you coming in. No, thank you. Powerful stuff. Uh, there you go. Uh, Nikki Jones joining me live in the studio this morning. I can't really argue. I can't really sit here and argue with anything she's had to say. Um, I totally agree with every word there, particularly about the money and the impact it's had on her life. Um, we'll take your thoughts on that throughout the show. BBC Three Counties Radio, 16 minutes past seven now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable towards Junction 10 for Luton, and it's also really slow on the approach to the M1 on the A5 southbound from Markgate. It's heavy from Lynch Hill towards the M1 Junction 9 at Redbourne. In Luton Town Centre, the A6 is looking very slow between New Bedford Road and the Collingdon Street, and in Watford, looking at the speed sensors on the A41 southbound, it's looking very slow around the Dome Roundabout just off St Albans Road. On the train departure boards, the 7.40 train from Luton to Sevenoaks is delayed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. More travel news on the way for you just before 7.30. Uh, the Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been on the passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. As you heard a moment ago, a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and 80s is published later this morning. And two police officers on off-road motorbikes are to be sent to Houghton Regis to tackle problems with nuisance riders. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, and we'll talk more about that story before 7.30. I'm Griff jones and welcome to BBC Four's The Quizium. It's a wall freeze. It represents a hawk-headed god yes. carrying a bucket with all the answers to this quiz. <laughs> Join me as I ask four experts questions about a trove of treasures from a different museum each week. This last one's called Pinch of Poverty, and it's incongruous, really, because it's not directly related to the things that this place does. It's a quiz in a museum. It's the Quizium. Is this not the death mask of Oliver Cromwell? It is indeed. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the Quizium, a brand new historical quiz, starts tonight at 8.30 on BBC4 and BBC4 HD. Oh, Webby, Webby, Webby. How are you, Webby? Morning, Jess. All right, mate? Not too bad at all. Webby, I want to get a few texts in. Can you hang on for about 30 seconds? Is that all right, yeah. boss? Yeah, 
Yeah, no Lovely. Okay, right, Kath, loads of text coming in this morning about a variety of subjects. Yeah. Bikers, Luton Town, Clarkson, what's coming in? Well, let's do it in that order then. B- bikers. Morning, Justin. I live in the Parkside estate in, in Houghton. This problem's been going on for years. We, the taxpayers of Houghton, pay Colette's wages. She's accountable to us. Clearly, we're not as important as the posher people of Bedfordshire. She should go and let someone who's willing to be accountable fill her shoes. How dare she ignore us? We don't know she's ignored you. We don't know she ever got the message yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, it seems that she didn't. Uh, perhaps if this happened on your doors, on her doorstep, she would pull her highly paid finger out and do her job. That's what we pay her for. It lets us know where we stand with Bedfordshire Police. Ouch. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Mm. Um, we've got this one as well. Unfortunately, it's anonymous. Uh, morning, J-Dog. Off-road and quad bikers running amok in Hitchin. They uh. do donuts at T-junctions, wheelies, and they wear no ha- helmets or safety wear. The noise is disruptive. They also cruise through the town showing off as they know they cannot be touched. And that's the point, isn't it? Um, that people feel like some uh, sections of society are just being left to get on with it. Yeah. Um, also, Helen and Milton Keynes on this one. The residents affected by the lawless behaviour and inaction by local police service should consider notifying the chief constable that from a set date they will all withdraw police funding via council tax to enable them to employ a police service that will protect them. Helen and Milton Keynes. And John in Marsh Farm, leave the kids alone on their bikes. It's been happening for years and will continue to do so. We all did it. Did we all do it? Did we? We, we may have caused a bit of a nuisance, but what's going on in Houghton Regis? Um, somebody ended up on somebody's bonnet uh, only last week. I would call that a hit and run. They got back on the bike, they went off, no helmet, no insurance. Now the poor girl we spoke to yesterday, 20 years old, her insurance will be affected. Now Bedfordshire Police say to us that um, this is a local issue. This is a localised issue in Houghton Regis. Um, If you live in another part of Bedfordshire, and this is also a major problem, can you give me a quick call? 08459 455 555. It can't just be Houghton Regis. Right, Webby, what have you got for us, sir? Oh, not a lot, mate. You just sounded a bit down this morning about your mighty loot, mate. Webby. (laughs) You're a VK. You're a VK. You're a vibe killer. (laughs) Oh, no... He's points as well, Saturday, mate. The cobblers, I'm afraid, mate. Come on, Webby, cheer me up, boss. Come on. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, mate. You, I watched the game last night, mate. You were unlucky to go. Was it three one down or no? Three one down. Three one. Three one. Played well second half, but how many minutes to win goals, Mister? Thankfully, Webby. I think. I think. I think your phone's breaking up as you continue to depress me. Thank you, Webby. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> Don't phone up and tell me Luton were unlucky last night. That means absolutely nothing to me. Webby, thank you very much. You can call 08459 455 555. Or, of course, you can text the programme. If you've never texted before, here's how you do it. Text 81333. Start your message with 3CR. Text will be charged at the standard network rate. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, back to one of our big local stories. This week, uh, we've been covering the story of off-road motorbikes running amok in House and Regis. Uh, Many of you have called us to say that you've seen these youths on the bikes riding along the street the wrong way, speeding along public footpaths, and yesterday we heard from a lady whose car was hit by a bike which flew across the middle of a roundabout. And many of you told us that the police don't seem to be doing anything about it. One person who is very angry about this is local MP Andrew Salou. 
what I've heard makes me very, very angry, and I, and I witnessed it myself only last Thursday afternoon, Ian. I was in Houghton Regis going to the Nisa local in Neptune Square and the, the pub being refurbished next door, and I was nearly run off the road by one mini-moto uh, towing another one on a rope, driving on the grass, driving on the run, wrong side of the road. I mean, unbelievably dangerous. I, I couldn't believe w- what I was seeing. Um, it's not just Houghton Regis. I, the gentleman in Apollo Close in Dunstable contacted me yesterday as well. I spoke again to Bedfordshire Police and Central Bedfordshire Council last week. I spoke again to them yesterday, and I remain very, very angry about this. Um, The problem is absolutely not sorted. Well, as a reporter for this programme, I went to Houghton Regis, and every single person that I spoke to um, had a story to tell. Uh, listening to that and joining me live in the studio is Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, whose job it is to hold the police to account. Ollie, thanks for joining us live. So let's get down to sort of facts here. Why has this been going on and why has this been allowed to go on for so long now? Well, quite quite simply, uh, it's because despite the heroic efforts of our PCSOs and the community sergeant in Houghton Regis, Linda Wilson, um, the neighbourhood policing team in Houghton Regis is, is stretched too thin uh, and lacks the powers it needs to deal effectively uh, with this situation. Um, and what you see all too often, unfortunately, is that um, instead of being able to nip issues in the bud, mm-hmm. um, it's only once matters have escalated to a certain point that um, the resources then get put in, put in to deal with it. Um, and this all goes back to uh, a decision that was taken just before I was elected uh, to take all of the police constables out of okay. uh, out of our neighbourhood policing okay. teams. Well, let, it's, let me it's just bring this back. It's important yeah. I say yeah, this. Okay. Um, you know, is because I'm not. Uh, that was a decision that the police authority took. Um, and I don't blame them for that because they were in the process of having to find £20 million worth of savings uh, and they had to reduce the police force's size by 200 officers in order to do that. Ollie, I'm going to stop you there. I'll tell you what, I think it's irrelevant because a lot of people have phoned us saying that the police have actually been there, they've been in vehicles and they've watched this happen and they've done absolutely nothing about it. How would you answer that? Well, it's very... I, I mean, I've heard from the PCSOs themselves. Um, they get a report, they go go and find Forget out... Forget the report. What, what, why, find, why, why are listen, they watching this? Listen, they, go, they go and find out what's happening, and they don't have the powers to stop these bikes. There aren't enough of them. It is dangerous for an, an officer on his own to give chase. What oh, they, come what on, they, Ollie, no, come on. It, You've got crime happening in front of you and they can't do anything. What's the point? What the situation requires is a planned resource to be put in. That is what's now going to happen. You're going to have two, two police officers from the roads policing unit on off-road bikes are going to be put in, uh, two, police, two further police officers supporting them. But this is a resource that's had to be specially put into Houghton Regis mm-hmm. because the resources in the neighbourhood policing team are not sufficient to deal with the situation. And it's only PCSOs that we've got there, and they don't have the powers. So, so just to get it absolutely example, clear, to get absolutely clear, if we've got officers in Houghton Regis who are watching this happening, they can't do anything about it. If they're police community support officers, 
They don't have the powers to stop them. They don't have the powers to uh, enter a property if a bike disappears into a property. No, they're, they're in a very difficult situation. And I've got to tell you that this is fr as frustrating for them as it is for the, the, okay. the people of Houghton Regis. Ollie, this is such a big issue. Put the headphones on if you don't mind. Um, you might be here for a bit longer if that's OK with you. Matt's here. Matt, uh, good morning. You're live on Three Counties. But Ollie Martins oh, yeah. is here. He's in the studio. Um, what's your point for Ollie? Um, well, just listen, uh, just say it's, it's apparently localised to just how outrageous. So I know that um, my dad has um, complained many occasions to the police in Dunstable um, because he lives in the um, in the flats near Asda in Dunstable and, and the alleyway there gets bikes and mini motos and quad bikes going along it um, three or four times a day. Yeah. And um, police have said to my dad that unless they actually catch someone in the act of doing it or if he gets photographic evidence, they, they actually physically can't do anything about it. And I know it's driven him to the point of almost insanity um, because you just you, you, he says you just hear them going past his flat four or five times a day. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, you, there is there is a big problem with it around Parkside Drive as well. I live just off Parkside Drive, and again, I hear it again numerous times in the evening. Okay. Um, stay there, he, Matt. Stay there. The, 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 yep. Let's try and get a response from Ollie. Ollie, your response to what Matt's saying? Well, it's the same for the policing team in Dunstable as it is for Houghton Regis. You've got the same uh, level of resource in terms of the neighbourhood policing team that is police community support officers managed by a sergeant. Uh, and it's difficult for them to deal with situations like this until it gets to a certain point where the problem is such that the, the force will put extra resources in to deal with it. It's not, I'm, like, look, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not mm. saying this is a satisfactory situation, but I am saying it's the reality of where we're at with the level of resource that we've got in the county. OK, in 10 seconds, Matt, your reaction to that? Is that is that point where they where they do something about it? The time when someone in the in the playground in in Grove Park in Dunstable gets injured or killed by someone on one of these motorbikes and they whiz past through the through the parkway. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's a difficult situation. Policing is like spinning plates, you know. Um, the force's top priorities at the moment are terrorism, child sexual exploitation, domestic abuse. It's like spinning plates, and it is, you know, it's about shifting resources between different very unpleasant risks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, that, that, that is the reality of the situation that we're in. But, you know, I have got, I have got a message for um, people in Houghton Regis. And if you're a, mo a yob on a motorbike, uh, ragging around, ragging around the estates, making lives of misery, and um, frankly endangering life and limb, and thinking that you can do it with impunity, you then take note because Bedfordshire Police is going to come and crush your bike. And if you're a resident of Houghton Regis and you can see this going on, then get on the phone, ring 101, tell the police what you're seeing, yeah, and, help, and help them track these people down. Which they've done. OK, Lee, thanks for the call, by the way, Matt. Uh, Lee, sorry to cut you short here, but um, we've got about 60 seconds. Can you make your point to Ollie, please? Yeah, my point, Ollie, is the bloke's just a walk for a start. I phoned up the police last week after witnessing motorcyclists in Dunstable on Grove Park, and I had video evidence. I phoned up the police, and guess what they done? Nothing. Wasn't interested in the video evidence. Ollie, you're just talking numbers, mate. You're talking rubbish. You need to get off your backside and go and do something about it before we do something. Ollie? Well, as I said... 
there are two off-road police bikes from the roads policing unit being deployed to Pete out in Regis, being supported being supported by two constables and they're gonna they're gonna track these people down and they're gonna crush their bikes really do you believe that do you believe that ollie come on do you believe that watch this space like you did last year yeah well periodically the the situation gets to such a point that the police put these resources in but then um, they have to take them away and put them onto another issue that's emerged, and that's 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 what I mean about spinning plates, moving resources between different risks. You know, I, I'd much prefer um, if we could go back to where we were in 2012 and have a situation where we had properly resourced neighbourhood policing teams. But you know, we okay. are where we are in right. terms of the level of resources. Lee, we've got. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, Ollie. Can you stick around for another couple of minutes? Is that okay? Would you mind? I'm asking you politely. Would you mind for a few more minutes? That's all right. Okay, yeah. lovely. Oh wait, four five nine. 455 555. The lines are open. We'll take your phone calls. We're slightly late for this. Apologies. Let's get the latest travel now. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's looking slow on the speed sensors between Dunstable and Luton, and it's also looking slow on the M1 southbound between Junction 4 for Edgware Way and 2 for the Five Boys Corner. It's busy in Watford North now on the A41 southbound, just before the Dome Roundabout, and in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's looking very busy southbound too, between Longbottom Lane and the A40. No reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Right, the news with Simon next, and then straight back to Ollie Martin. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, French rescue workers have resumed their search for victims of yesterday's plane crash in the French Alps. The Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, said it was likely there were some British nationals on board. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Houghton Regis. Two officers on off-road bikes are now being sent to the town. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning, and a House of Lord's Committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. All the goals came in the first half with Sam Saunders, Paul Hayes and Alfie Mawson on target for the Chairboys, with Elliot Lee netting a brace for the Hatters. The win keeps Gareth Ainsworth's side on course for a top three finish. I enjoyed the first half more than the second half, believe me. Uh, I thought we deserved the win tonight, the way we defended, the character we showed second half. They were, they were on top, we, uh, we had to face an onslaught and we knew it was coming. We did the damage first half and I thought some of the play going forward was outstanding. We started the game fantastic. But Luton's fifth straight defeat effectively means the end of any faint hopes of automatic promotion for John Still's team. Everyone has to look at their, their performance in terms of mistakes being made, not necessarily how they play, but unfortunately we have never given goals away here we haven't until the last sort of six or seven games we've given goals away 
In Conference South last night, Hemel Hempstead beat Chelmsford 3-1 to stay in playoff contention. Watford centre-half Joel Ekstrand is facing a nine-month layoff with the knee injury sustained in Saturday's defeat by Ipswich. Tottenham midfielder Deli Alley has resumed training with MK Dons after six weeks out with an ankle injury. Stevenage defender Harry Worley made his returning in a training game yesterday after being out since August. And Watford's Akechi Anya is in the Scotland squad for tonight's friendly against Northern Ireland at Hampden Park with his Hornets teammate Craig Cathcart in the Irish squad. Cathcart, Cathcart is joined by Milton Keynes Don's trio, Lee Hodson, Ben Reeves and Will Grigg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Justin Dealey. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, straight back to this story. It's all got rather lively on the programme. Uh, we are talking about the motorbikes, the off-road motorbikes which are running amok in Houghton Regis. So many people have been in touch. Uh, live in the studio is Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire. Uh, he's kindly agreed to stay on for a bit longer. Uh, we've got Mark in Bedford, who's on the line. Hi, Mark. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, what would you like to say, Mark? Uh, basically, uh, you've just got on the radio, Ollie, and told everybody that PCOs have no power. So... It's like having a deterrent and then telling everybody they can get away with everything because the PCO can't do anything about it. So you've defeated the object of having them. So my question is, why don't you get rid of the PCOs, get the money that you spend on them PCOs and put them into police officers that can actually do something about it? Because it's a, it's a pointless act. When I was, a, a, what, about 10, 12 years old, I used to have a motorbike. I used to go around the fields. And, you know, and my dad said to me that if you ever get caught on the road, you won't be able to drive a car when you're 17 years old because your licence will be marked before you even get it. So I used to push my bike up and down the road. And he used to tell me that was illegal as well, but if I did that, I'd probably get left alone, which is what I did. You know, I got permission from the local farmer and only drove it where I was allowed to drive the thing, but I had to push it to these tracks. Mm. You know, and, and the actual the, the deterrent was the fact of what would happen to me, but you're not educating people in what could happen. Well, I'll tell you what, you Mark, the, 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 this sticks to the original point there, because, Ollie, you were yeah. saying earlier on, and we've had calls about this, people saying, well, do you know what? It's not a case of police officers not being there. They've actually seen this happen, and they've done nothing about it. You were saying, well, they've got to wait, there's got to be a report, then there's got to be some sort of solution. As Mark's saying here, thanks for the call, by the way, Mark, he's saying, what's the point in PCSOs? If they can't do anything, what's the point? Well, the original intention behind PCSOs was, was that they were, would be part of a neighbourhood policing team where they would be working alongside warranted police constables. Hmm. And they do have, I mean, they do do valuable work. They're the eyes, of the eyes and ears of the police. They can have a different relationship with people because they don't have the power of but arrest. But they can't do they've anything. Got, they've got, they do a valuable role. But we ha they have been left, I would say, they've been left quite exposed in Bedfordshire because of that decision to take all of the police constables out of neighbourhood policing. And they're being asked to deal with situations where sometimes they don't have the powers that they need to deal with them. Now, we've done our best to remedy that by making increasing use of the special constabulary to work alongside our neighbourhood policing teams. Mm. Um, but, you know, again, special constables do very valuable work helping to police our communities, but volunteer police officers are not necessarily a substitute for full-time regular police officers. OK, Vicky in Houghton Regis. Vicky, so many calls coming in. Can you uh, keep your point quite brief, please? You're through to Ollie Martins. Yeah, hi. Um, I... I've had instances, I walk my dog around Houghton Regis in the farmer's fields and I, I live um, 
I live in Helton Regis, and it, it's just intimidating. They've given it me, they've given it my dog, drive onto the skate park, they drive through the park. Um, I ring the police, I give full descriptions. Um, I feel quite intimidated but I, when I ring the police, so I have to remove myself from, from the area because they do circles around you, um, they drive at you. Some, one time they followed me home, um, I've told the police this, and, and nothing gets done. You know, I'm, I'm a, a woman in my 30s, but I feel intimidated by a group of... Because there's not just one person on a bike, there's two no, on each bike. Of course. There's a big bike, 14 blokes just hanging around doing circles around you. Every time I ring the police, the 101 service, I'm told that there'll be officers looking into it. But I live so close to the area where it's happening, you know, you can, you just hear them uh, for hours and hours and hours. Vicky, it's a point, thanks for the call, by the way, it's a point which a lot of people have said, Ollie, that, that they have phoned the police and they're getting absolutely nowhere. Um, well, as, as you've heard, there is a resource being put in to off-road motorbikes, yeah, but only two because, police officers. Come on, th- th- let's be honest well, about this. Th- let's get in the real world. That response is going in because people have come to the BBC. These people have been phoning the local police for months. Nothing's been done. They've come to us. We've made a big deal about it. And now, finally, something is happening. Are you honestly telling me, without these people coming to us, that something would have been done? Honestly? Come on, be honest. I, I, Something would have, something would have been done. The the issue would have reached such a point where the level of calls, the level of concern from the public, would have triggered a response from the police. But it's now, been I, like that I for very weeks. Much, I very much regret that that is the situation we're in, where an issue has to reach a point like this, where people are so exasperated. Um, before it's possible to deploy a resource into that situation. That's why, you know, I would much prefer it if we were in a position like we were before 2012, where we had police constables in our neighbourhood policing teams, so we had a higher level of resource, we had officers with the right powers to deal deal with situations like this, Mm -hmm. and it was possible to nip things in the bud far earlier. Fair play for taking some of these calls. You didn't have to. Um, It's your job to hold the police to account. Bedfordshire Police won't be on this programme today. You're doing their work for them. Today, tomorrow, Friday, in their words, they won't be coming on this programme to talk to people locally on any day, their words. Why are Bedfordshire Police refusing to come on this programme? Well, it's my, you, you it's can hold my role. Account. It's my role to be the bridge between the police and the public. Well, can you and, get them on for and us? I'm, I'm doing everything in my power to uh, make sure that make sure that our police force can deal with situations like this. Will you pass and, this on to Colette And Paul? frankly, uh, well, I have conversations with her on a daily basis. Ah, right, but so if you've fr- had conversations frankly, with her on a daily frankly, basis, why I, is she not on the show today? I would, I would much rather that our police force was focused on... Uh, although communication is important, I would much rather that they were focusing on dealing with problems like this, and that's their priority, and they can put me up to be the bridge between the public so, and so the police. So you think it's right that you're sitting here today and not Colette Paul from Beds Police? You think that's right? Well, I think... I think do you think it's right? I think that's... I think that's... It's, it is my role to be a bridge between But do you think it's the... right? Do you think it's right that you're sitting here taking calls and not Colette Paul? Well, it's part of my job, isn't it? And, you know, the Chief Constable's job is to run the police force and deal with issues like we're hearing about. OK. Uh, let's go to Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Hello. What would you like to say briefly, Victoria? It's not just Houghton Regis. We get it in Caddington in the summer and, and spring. And how uh, bad does the situation get up there, Victoria? 
Uh, last year, they're uh, riding their motorbikes through the churchyard where there's elderly people tending to people that have passed away. Um, they actually drove across the green when the kids were coming back from school and nearly knocked women over with toddlers. And it got that bad. My husband went after them on his own motorbike and pulled them off. Your husband pulled them off? Yep, he has a motorbike and he saw it happen across the green, then nearly hitting a child, so he rode after them into the next village and pulled them off and uh, asked them what they were doing and, and just heard a general have a go at them, but it, it, they don't change. It'll happen again in, in summer. Going to put this point to Ollie. Thanks, Victoria. Um, a lot of people saying that the police don't care, and some people may be tempted. And obviously, I don't condone this, but they could be tempted to take things into their own hands. What would you say to those people? Uh, it's not a very advisable approach, although I can understand people's exasperation. Um, I mean, the right approach is to keep feeding the information to the police, and you know, things will get to a point where the intelligence will be followed up and we'll get a situation like we've now got in Houghton Regis, um, which covers the same, which is the same neighbourhood policing team that covers Caddington, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get to uh, a position where uh, the resources will be put in to deal with the situation. Chris is in Luton. Hi, Chris. Hi. Uh, what would you uh, like to say, Chris? I'd like to say I feel very sorry for Mr Martin. I agree with him. There isn't enough resources. And if the police keep getting whittled down the way they do, when people are attacked, they won't even have the resources for that. So I think it's a very good argument for him to be able to get the extra expenditure he wants at the next vote. And so people stop thinking you're getting something for nothing. You want better policing? I think we should pay for it. Ollie, would you like to take Chris out for a Christmas dinner later this year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Chris is, and I certainly didn't pay her to make that point. Chris, you made a point, thank you, you made a point that you were going to come to, and, and you were saying earlier on, and although a lot of people are, are having a go this morning, you're saying if you want more police out there, quite simply, you've got to pay for it. Well, all I can say is that the, uh, the council tax that people pay for policing, if there is an increase, it will fund the recruitment of 100 extra officers uh, and that will let us put police constables back into our neighbourhood policing teams. If, by the way, and Bedfordshire Police have said to us that uh, this is a localised issue in Houghton Regis, where else do you live in Bedfordshire and is this happening where you live? We're trying to, to build up a portfolio here. Is it just... Houghton Regis. Where do you live in beds? Is it happening there as well? 08459 455 555. Thanks for sticking about. I'm going to ask you one final question. And it's a question as the reporter on this programme, I get asked a lot when you come in. People always say to me, Ollie Martins, what does he actually do? I've got about 60 seconds before travel. Try and sum it up for us. What do you actually do, Ollie? What do I actually do? Well, mm. I'm the person who has to come up with a plan for what's the best way of keeping our county safe at a time when resources are reducing. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Do you feel like the community is safe right now? Yes, I, I think so. I think so. But it's important. I mean, one of the things, you know, and what's particularly exasperating about a situation like this where people feel that uh, perhaps the police response isn't everything that they expect. You know, we do need this, the one way in which we keep our county safe within the resources that we've got is mm -hmm. by having the strongest partnership that we can between the public and the police so that people are prepared to be the eyes and ears for the police in their community and tell them the things that are going on and the, the issues that need dealing with. And, you know, when you get a problem like this, 
um, where people don't feel that they're getting the response that they need, it's very difficult to maintain that relationship. Fair play again for taking the calls because you didn't have to um, and you didn't know what was coming. Um, you've taken a bit of stick this morning, but hopefully uh, by covering the story this week, things will change for the local people there because I know after talking to them for two days in a row, they've just had enough. They really have. Ollie Martins, thank you very much. Interesting stuff. Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, who is joining me live in the studio. Justin standing in for Ian. It's Wednesday, BBC Three Counties Radio. The time now is 7.45. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, there's a lane closed because of an accident. It's between Junction 4 for Edgware Way and 2 for Watford Way at Five Ways Corner. Looking at the speed sensors on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. And in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, that's looking busy now around the M25 20, Junction 21A roundabouts. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's looking very slow between Longbottom Lane and the A40. And looking at the cameras in Buckingham on London Road, that's looking very slow around the total roundabouts between there and Main Street. But on the train departure boards, there are no problems reported at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. More travel news on the way for you before 8 o'clock. So, the headlines you're waking up to this morning. The Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been killed on the passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. As you heard a moment ago, the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Houghton Regis. And a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and the 80s is published this morning. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Later run today, Alina. I'm going to be in Stevenage in my high heels, tights and comb bra dressed as Madonna for Ladies' Day. Make it a good forecast, baby. I'm going to. I need to see pictures of this, please. Um, oh, you will. Start, yeah, cold start to Wednesday. Temperatures close to freezing at the moment. There's a frost on some windscreens. It won't last for long. Plenty of sunshine through this morning. Some cloud coming and going as the day wears on. It brings an outside chance of a shower, but for most it stays dry and fine. Highs of 9 or 10 Celsius. Feeling quite pleasant in a light northwesterly wind. Chilly again this evening and at first tonight under clear skies. Temperatures falling to 2 Celsius, but these valleys recovering through the night as cloud and rain push in from the west later. Southwesterly wind strengthening as the rain settles in towards dawn so it's a wet morning tomorrow the rain persistent and locally heavy for a time but then clearing eastwards to leave a dry afternoon with plenty of sunshine and feeling milder once the sun comes out tomorrow highs of 11 or 12 celsius cloudy and breezy on friday some patchy light rain and drizzle at times especially later in the day but not amounting to much blustery on saturday with some rain around and at this stage timing wise it's probably going to be in the morning and justin that's your forecast can i just explain alina a lot of people mm. saying come on daily what's going on here you're going out dressed as a lady on the streets. You have well and truly lost the plot. You think Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and he was replaced with a look-alike sound. Like, what is going on in your world? Alina, this Saturday between 12 and 2, yeah. I present a music programme. Quite simply, it's Ladies' Day. I'll be looking for people's favourite female pop singers. That's why... That's okay. why, Alina, I'm going out today in Stevenage dressed as Madonna. Strong editorial reason there. Exactly. I'm just backing yeah. it up. All right. Yep. No, I completely understand. Thank you, Alina. Look out for me in Stevenage a bit later on.
Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow, I'm spending the afternoon at the Waterside Theatre in Aylesbury. It's all in aid of a new show that's being rolled out across the country aimed at helping injured military personnel. When you're injured, you become incredibly vulnerable, um, but you lose your voice. So this is all about giving a voice back. You'll also hear from one of the project's main ambassadors, Ray Winston. The big thing with these guys is, is self-esteem after an injury's occurred, whether it be physical or whether it be mental. Roberto Peroni. Live from the Waterside Theatre in El. Tomorrow from three here on BBC Three Counties Radio. And you know what, Rob? I've got to say, he always smells so delicious. We'll get the ladies' perspective on that very soon, but whenever he walks down the corridors here, a good smelling guy. Let's go to Ray, who's in Dunstable. Hi, Ray. <laughs> Good morning, good smelling guy. That smell that sounds good. Do you know what? Use that term today with your blokey mates. Do you know what? If they smell good, of course, you, you are a good smelling guy. <laughs> Ray, I think we've hit on something. Ray, we've not even spoken in, in this hour about no. Clarkson, which, which I'm furious about, which we are going to come to very soon. I promise you some of your texts as well. But you've got a, a point to make about the, the bikes in Bedfordshire. What would you like to say? Well, I really live on the bottom of Blows Downs in Dunstable, and they come along from Houghton Regis along the bus lane, the new bus lane, and they run around the fields here at the bottom of Half Moon Lane and in the fields around uh, Blows Downs. And they, I mean, there's no specific time, mainly when they come out of school, you get it, and uh, on the weekends. It's and happening. It's happening in quite a few places. And some people say, oh, do you know what? They're kids. Let them be. It's all very well having that attitude, Ray. But, but well, I've heard stories in the last couple of days, and this is why we keep doing this, because we want answers. We want something to be done. Because unless we do something, Ray, somebody is going to get killed, aren't they? That's it. If it's not somebody, it's going to be uh, an animal. Like, I've got a guide dog, and I take him up the bottom of blows down. And when I hear these motorbikes coming, I can't see them. No, of But course. I hear them. And, I, you know, I'm scared if they run over the dog because the dogs are worth a lot of money as you know mm. and they're my eyes you know I'd be lost without them and uh, so that's my perspective about it like you know Ray, I'm going to ask you two final questions here. OK, man to man. We're talking about Clarkson this morning. Uh, it's believed the BBC are going to sack him today. The legend that is Jeremy Clarkson. Um, if facts are to be believed, um, he had a row with his producer. It was a, a verbal row. It then turned violent. He punched him. Should he be sacked? Yes, yes or no? Yes. Why? Yeah. Well, no man is above the law. And uh, if you think you're better than any show or any pro any programme, um, well, you're not really. OK, and Paul McCartney, did he die back in 1966 and was replaced by a look-alike, sound-alike? <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. Ray, I, do you know what? I think you secretly do believe. You just don't want to come on the radio this morning and admit the truth, Ray. <laughs> I wish I had his money look-alike enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Take care. All right, you too, Justin. Tracking cool. Love that laugh. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, th this week, this week, I've been a different person. Um, there was some sort of interview with Ringo Starr where he allegedly said, you know what, back in 1966 uh, the real Sir Paul McCartney he died in a car crash and it was a massive cover up so what they did, they got a look alike, they got a sound alike, they put him in the band and the band continued and you know what, at first I thought no way 
But now, now, after sitting up at two o'clock in the morning for two nights running, watching YouTube, I'm actually starting to believe well, that... Well, stop uh, watching it. It's nonsense. Is it really, though? Yeah, you're a plum. <laughs> wow. Is anybody else out there? I think Justin's a plum. <laughs> Call me now. 08459 555. I've got control of your knobs. 08459 555. Do you believe that Sir Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced with a lookalike slash soundalike in the name of Billy Shears? Billy Shears was a person. He was around in 66, then suddenly his name and his records completely disappeared. You explain that one. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Justin Dealey. On BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been a really interesting programme today. Some fascinating stories. This one I'm still struggling to get my small brain around, OK? Plans to use wires and poles to create a special area for Orthodox Jews in Bushy came a step closer to becoming a reality last night. Yep, you heard that right. Uh, the council recommended for approval an extension to an existing Erev, uh, which is a symbolic space where people have some leeway when it comes to keeping the Sabbath. It means they do things like pushing prams or wheelchairs in the street on a day when usually they'd be forbidden from operating any such equipment. Uh, let's now talk to Rabbi Pete Tobias. Uh, he's a rabbi at a nearby Liberal Synagogue in Elstree. A very good morning to you, sir. Welcome to the programme, Pete. Thank um, you, now, just explain to me again, and again, I'm quite confused about this, um, an Erev, just, just in, in, in the most basic of terms, I've, I've explained there about some poles and some wires. How exactly do these things work, Pete? Yes, it is a little baffling, isn't it? I have to confess, it even baffles me as a Liberal Railway, but we'll come to that later. But just the actual facts, there are rules in the Bible, uh, which to Orthodox Jews obviously are a sacrosanct, to make specific statements about things you are not allowed to do on the Sabbath and on festivals. And that includes carrying certain items of other particular size from your own private domain uh, into another space outside of it, which was introduced for reasons that are no longer clear to us 3,000 years ago, for reasons that, as I say, are not particularly clear to me, are still adhered to by uh, Orthodox Jews today. And that's their choice, and we, I guess, in our, in our society of uh, multicultural beliefs, we have to acknowledge and accept that. Yeah. Means that they can, as things stand, they can't um, push prams or carry any items to be above a certain way outside their own houses on a Sabbath or a festival. A specific story that relates to that, which is it's quite shocking. Um, but uh, I told a story many years ago of an Orthodox Jew who used to go to synagogue every single day of his life. This Orthodox synagogue in Manchester that was on the top of a very uh, long slide, high flight of steps. And as he got older and he became confined to a wheelchair. He would uh, nevertheless be carried to the top of the steps by his fellow congregants every day of the week, except on the Sabbath and the festivals where they were told they were not allowed to carry him. Therefore, he wasn't able to enter the building for the yeah. services on those days. Pete, so it's, it's not, yeah, you can, you can get round things. It's not a particularly good line. So, so, so a few poles and a few wires means that people can do more things. Yeah, basically that's it. So if, and, and I suppose as long as they don't intrude on anybody else's private space or infringe the, uh, 
the view in the neighbourhood, there can't be that much of an objection to it, I wouldn't have thought. OK. I know that you're not a massive fan. I might come back to you at the MP. I just want to bring somebody else in about this. So let's now speak to Rafi Kaiser-Bluth, uh, rabbi at the St Albans Masorti Synagogue. Uh, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the programme. Um, good morning. So, you think that these Arabs, uh, a few poles and a, a few wires and people getting away with a bit more, you think they're a great idea. In a nutshell, why are they such a great idea? Well, I'm not sure I would say it's a great idea or not. My point is, it, it is something that a few people would like to do to help uh, with their observance of the Sabbath. It doesn't infringe on anybody, and the idea is that the poles and the strings are a very, very minor part of the air. Most of it is using pre-existing walls and structures as it is. And what the idea is, as Pete said, it's, it's converting... Uh, in a symbolic way, uh, a private domain into a public domain. And if uh, most of the people, you've probably seen one of these in your lives already, you just haven't realized it because it's so unobtrusive and inconspicuous uh, that it, it, it doesn't really affect much. Um, and this idea that it's going to alter the character of a, of a, of a city or a town or infringe on someone, I, I would argue it doesn't really infringe or change the character any more than, say, putting up a church or a mosque or something like that. It's something that the community of people living there already would like to put up to help with their observance of their particular rules okay. of, uh, of their religion. Now, whether I subscribe to that interpretation or not is immaterial. So, just lastly, in 30 seconds, you must be delighted then about these uh, plans becoming a, a step closer for, for the local people in Bushy. You must be happy about that. Well, I'm, I'm happy in as much as that it allows the, the expression of, a, of a, whether it's Jews or not, uh, to be able to uh, express and, and live according to the rules that they would like to live by. It doesn't affect me in any material way because I don't live there, mm. uh, but I am, I, I am uh, I'm happy for them uh, that they're able to uh, move one step closer. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Sorry time has been short today. It's been a really busy programme. Thank you very much. No OK, problem. I'd love to hear from you this morning if you are Jewish because last night I was looking into this and it just really, really confused me. It really, really confused me. Um, if you are Jewish, we'll take your thoughts on, on these Arabs. Uh, you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Do you think they're a good idea or not? The time now is one minute to eight. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M1 southbound between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Ways Corner. That has completely blocked the road at the moment, with queues starting to build up on the M1 towards London. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow from Junction 19 for Watford to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. And looking at the A1M on the camera, it's slow southbound through Junction 7 for Stevenage. In Kings Langley on the A41, Eastbound. There are queues between the Hamel Hempstead turnoff and the M25, and in Newport Pagnell on London Road. That's slow southbound uh, from Newport Pagnell over the M1 into Milton Keynes between the Tickford roundabout and the Northfield roundabout. On the trains, the 8:32 service from Stevenage to London Kings Cross has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Oh, lots we're talking about today. If you believe the papers, Clarkson, the BBC, are going to sack him today. We got talking about this earlier. Let's bring it up again. Have you ever been punched at work? If so, can you tell me what happened next? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headline search resumes for Alps plane crash victims. Beds Police Commissioner pledges action over nuisance bikers and Wickham beat Luton in League Two promotion clash. BBC Three Counties Radio. French rescue workers have resumed their, th- their search for victims of yesterday's plane crash in the French Alps. All 150 people on board the Airbus A320, operated by the budget carrier German Wings, are believed to have been killed. Most were German or Spanish, 16 of of the victims were pupils from the same German school. They were returning from an exchange visit in Spain. The Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, has said it's likely there were some British nationals on board. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Houghton Regis. Residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain about what they say is a lack of response from Beds Police. Two officers on off-road bikes are now being sent to the town. Commissioner Ollie Martin says action is being taken. This is a resource that's had to be specially put into Houghton Regis Mm -hmm. because the resources in the neighbourhood policing team are not sufficient to deal with the situation. And it's only PCSOs that we've got there and they don't have the power. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning. Although the focus is on cases in Scotland, it could lead to victims in the three counties finally getting compensation. Nicky Jones from St Albans is one of them. No apology um, has been been said by, by any of the political parties and it's time now 30 years after individuals campaigning that that we do receive an apology. It's an admission of what was done was wrong. A reward is being offered for information about the car vandalism that has hit High Wycombe in recent weeks. It comes after another six cars were damaged on Monday night. The vandalism has been linked to protests over the inquest verdict on Wycombe man Habibullah. More from Jane Killick. The £1,000 reward is for anonymous information given to Crime Stoppers, which leads to the arrest and charge of those responsible. Police say they want to speak to two teenage Asian boys seen in Pettifer Way where six cars were damaged on Monday and to an Asian man in his late teens or early 20s seen around Dashwood Avenue on Saturday where nine cars were damaged. Officers say more police patrols, police horses and police dogs are being deployed in the area every day. A House of Lords committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. The peers argue that cheaper alternatives haven't been properly explored and London, rather than the Midlands or the North, is likely to get the most out of it. In sport, Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. The win keeps Gareth Ainsworth's side on course for top. Top three finish. Mawson strides forward, still Mawson. Hayes through to Mawson, it'll be a great goal. What a goal for Wickham. I mean, I said before the game, you know, what could be the difference is that little bit of magic. And I think Paul Hayes has, has created that with a, with a superb bit of magic. But Alfie does that, you know, how many times have we seen him come out of defence with the ball? The weather, a cloudy start, but then a largely bright and dry day. A maximum temperature 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. If you have just tuned in, that last hour, he got feisty. Right, lots we're talking about today. Justin standing in for Ian, the boss. He's got a really bad cold. And I stuck to my word. I said, Ian, do you know what, Gita? I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy you some vitamins to make sure this doesn't happen again because I love being out on the streets. I've got those vitamins. Hopefully, he's back first thing Friday morning. Get well. 
So, on the agenda, bad blood, naughty bikers, foods that make you go crazy, and I think, at last, I've got backup on my bacon rage, which I think should be a medical condition, and also Clarkson. We believe, well, certainly the papers do, that he's going to be sacked today by the BBC. Have you ever been punched at work? And I'm not a massive fan of Jeremy Clarkson, but I can appreciate the man's talent, and he has got so much talent. He's the best, isn't he? Come on. Can you name a better TV presenter than Clarkson? I bet you can't. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Keep all of your calls coming in. You've been fantastic this morning. Or you can text me as well. 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got control of your knobs. Gary, can you hold on there for a second? Yes, of course I can. Yeah. I've got to deal with something. Right, so let's go to the uh, the gallery. Kelly Betts and Catherine Boyle. <laughs> right, would you like to explain what has just happened then? Sorry? You know what's just happened. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know I'm a bit tense this morning about mm-hmm. a few issues, OK? Yep. Your blazer being one of them. It's too bright <laughs> for me. Explain to the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks what you just did right then. What? What? Didn't hear anything. Nope. Nothing unusual. No, I didn't. I not what he's talking about. Gary, did you hear it? Uh, yeah, there was something. It was said uh, you were playing with some knobs or something. OK, Gary's heard it. OK, let's go back to the gallery once again. What's going on, ladies? It's your voice. You said it. Gary, how do you deal with ladies who are out of control? <laughs> I wouldn't know, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got full control of them. Now, um, we we're talking this morning about Clarkson. Uh, we think he's going to be sacked. Uh, the facts are, for those that don't know, he had a row with his producer. It was in a, a restaurant, so after the programme had been filmed. He's got into a row, which we think lasted about 20 minutes. Then he's punched him. So he's punched his producer. We think he's going to be sacked today. Has anybody ever punched you at work? Well, I haven't actually been punched, uh, Justin, but I was uh, because of my uh, sexuality. I was discriminated against by this bully uh, of a guy who worked um, um, in the company I worked with. And um, I told him I was going to like rip his head off. And you probably would do, which is stupid of me to say. Yeah. And I was the one who was sacked, sacked over it. Um, and I, so I had to report him to a few times, but because he was higher than me and he was the head chauffeur, um, he, he got away with it. And I was the one who uh, lost my job, which I absolutely loved, you know. And uh, I'm still sad to this day that I lost my job because of him, you know. So you got sacked for not even punching somebody, for threatening? No, no, for, for, yeah, for threatening to, yeah. Just for yeah. threatening to. And can, can I ask, you, you said that he was horrible to you, he was calling you names. Um, what, yeah. what, what was he horrible about? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gay, Justin, and I don't mind people knowing I'm gay, and I don't mind having a laugh and a joke, you know, backs against the wall, here comes Gary, you know, and things mm. like that. But he was getting, bringing it down to, you know, to being really personal. And... Um, I said to him a couple of times, and I reported it to the company, and um, it, it just continued. And I just stupidly said in front of my boss one day, if you don't, if you don't stop him from doing this, I'm going to rip his head off. The next thing I knew, I was getting brought in the office, and I was no longer uh, working for the company. Unbelievable. I think that's totally wrong, because we all say things yeah. in the heat of the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for, for what happened to you. Getting back to Clarkson, he's punched his producer. Yeah. Should he be sacked, yes or no? What do you think? 
if he has punched him, which we still don't know if the definitely has or not, uh, there's so many stories going around, then yes, I think he should be, yeah. OK. Thank you, Gary. Great call. Thanks very much. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cracking stuff. That was uh, Gary there. Um, we're trying to get this into, into real terms because a lot of people say, oh, Clarkson, oh, he's worth millions, he's worth millions, he should behave himself. It doesn't work like that. A lot of people say that about footballers. So what? So what if they're worth millions of pounds? Have you ever been punched at work? If we're trying to make a comparison here to something which has happened in real life. Personally, I think, you know, working in the business, uh, I'm not saying you should be going around punching people all the time, but I think, you know, every now and again, um, you shouldn't... Every now and again, men are going to have disagreements, and sometimes, for us blokes, that's the only way we know how. For me, it should be an apology and everybody moves on. It's as simple as that. Catherine, you do not agree one bit, No, not at all. I don't think there's any excuse for that behaviour at work. Decency and professionalism, whether you're a man or a woman, should come into play. You have been in situations where you've been under pressure at work. You didn't start swinging your fists around. If Ian punched me, I think it would make our relationship stronger. That's just my personal view. That, that's just me, though, as a person. I I'll can't let you know, then, that he's got carte blanche to <laughs> take it out on you whenever he feels like it, then. Well, it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. But in the heat of the oh. moment, in the heat of the moment, you never quite know when something might happen. In the heat of the moment, if something happens, if he punched me... Uh, he would say sorry, and we would move on. It's as simple as that. You can't go around punching women. Of course you can't. I'm not saying that for one moment. I'm just saying, let's just get real here. Let's get real with this situation. When you're at work, you're under pressure. Every now and again, something is going to happen. You're going to have a confrontation. It could be verbal. It could get physical. That's what happens in the real world, doesn't it? Should he go? And can you name me a better presenter than Clarkson? You probably can't. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Justin Dealey. On BBC Three Counties Radio. 11 minutes past eight in the morning, Wednesday morning. A long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and the 80s is out later this morning. Although the focus of the Penrose inquiry is on cases in Scotland, it could lead to victims in beds, hearts and bucks finally getting compensation. Let's now speak to the Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt. Alistair, a very good morning to you. Morning to you. Thanks for joining us live on the show. So you've been leading calls for improved compensation for patients who were given contaminated blood. Um, you've been leading those calls, haven't you? Well, I've been part of a group of MPs who have done a lot of work over this over the years. And it's not just about the compensation. It's about trying to find out exactly what, what happened, how it happened in order to make sure something like this never happens again, and certainly to restructure the financial uh, payments that are made to some of those who have suffered from this over a lengthy period of time. And the report today will be very significant. I spoke to Nikki around an hour ago, and for those that missed it, please go and listen on the iPlayer. It was, it was fascinating and brutal at the same time. She had hepatitis C for 15 years, but she didn't realise. She was turned down for compensation. That is wrong. Why is the system so wrong at the moment? 
I think there's been a number of reasons. Um, firstly, one of the sad things about it is that people have had to tell their stories again and again and again. Uh, secondly, people have had to prove where they picked up the infection from. Uh, the cases that we're concerned about are where uh, tainted blood arrived, you know, often from the United States. There wasn't sufficient screening at the time and people picked up an infection. But it should be, in, in my view, it should be very straightforward. Even infection has been contacted uh, through, uh, through tainted blood. There there are schemes in place to provide financial support, uh, and that should happen. And we need to change some of the arrangements that have already been made for this because they've not all been working adequately at all. And again, to go back to a point that Nikki made earlier on, still to this day, still to this very day, there has been no apology at all. Do you think today, with this inquiry, this report coming out, do you think there's going to be some form of apology to, to all these people who have suffered for all of these years? I'm very hopeful that uh, the report of the inquiry will prompt uh, a comment at, uh, at high level in response to it. It can't be a full response to the report because I understand the report is extremely detailed and very long and it will take some time for the government to go through it. Uh, but I think the headline remarks should enable uh, certainly something to be said by government today at very high level in order to help people understand that finally uh, it has it has dawned on those who have been responsible for healthcare for so long. It is, of course, nothing to do with this present government. It, it was all done in the past. Yeah. But successive governments have not fully appreciated the damage that's been done to so many people. And it would be good if today there was that acknowledgement. I would uh, certainly like to hear that yeah. on behalf of so many who have suffered for so long. Absolutely. And just lastly, um, we're, we're talking about previous governments. We're talking about things which happened in the 70s and the 80s. Surely yeah. we've moved on. Surely this can never happen again now. Well, I don't think it can, but uh, alas, life tells us that the moment you say these things can never happen again, of course, something else turns up. No one would have anticipated some of the health tragedies that have been uh, overcome in recent years, some of the problems of care. I think the uh, the watchword for our society is eternal vigilance, listening to people who might blow whistles, uh, and always being conscious things could happen, and therefore having procedures in place to try and make sure that they just don't. I hated the way you paused then. And uh, a final question on something which is topical. Clarkson, let's get the MP's perspective. Should he be sacked, yes or no, Alistair? What do you think? Well, I was listening with great interest to your exchange beforehand. Now, speaking as someone who works in a place with impeccable manners, uh, where there is no stress, there never a raised voice, I was quite surprised to hear you saying it was quite natural that in some cases men would take a swing at each other. Yeah. I have to say, I don't agree with that. Um, I don't think there can be any concession made to, uh, made to blokes who feel that in the heat of the moment they take a punch at each other. It's not right in any circumstances. It's certainly not right in any workplace. I do not know all the facts about old old clerks and I mean who does <laughs> but, uh, like 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 everyone else um, uh, he, he's a star he makes an astonishing program that everyone loves I do hope that this can be settled somehow by the by the BBC I don't think it's been handled particularly well uh, and let's see but I, I do feel quite strongly there is there's no place for uh, for workplace aggro the way we deal with it here although it's very noisy and everyone understands that we of course don't call each other by our own names yeah. one of the reasons we call each other the honourable member for this the honourable member for that is it keeps the temperature down <laughs> it just provides that little bit of a barrier in, in, instead of saying you know so and so is a burke you've, 
you, you've got just a level of distance, which means mm. you don't take a swing at them because the temptation is sometimes there, but a temptation to take a swing has got to be resisted in but, all circumstances. A, a no one could ever say anything else. A beautifully <laughs> crafted answer. Alistair, have Thank a good you, day. Sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. There you Bye. go. That was Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burtz. It's Wednesday morning. Justin standing in for Ian. Ian, hopefully back with you on Friday. Got a nasty cold. Uh, the time now is 16 minutes past eight. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M1 towards London because of an accident between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Fiveways Corner. All the lanes have been reopened, but it is causing some long delays. And also southbound on the M1 between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. It's looking very busy on the speed sensors. The M25 anti-clockwise is slow from Junction 19 for Watford to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4 and in Uxbridge on the A40 Western Avenue. We've just had reports that that's been partially blocked by an emergency services incident at the Sway Please roundabout, which is causing delays. And in Hitchin on the A505 into Hitchin, that's looking slow between Carter's Lane and Parkway. And on the trains, the A32 service from Stevenage to London King's Cross has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. More travel news to come just before 8.30. I'm laughing because uh, JBS is in the studio and uh, he wants a slap, don't you, really? That's <laughs> what I live for. Yeah, absolutely, you cheeky little thing, you. <laughs> OK, uh, the headlines this morning you're waking up to. The Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been killed on the passenger plane that uh, crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. As you heard on this very programme, the Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Houghton Regis. And a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and the 80s is published later this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. So from nine o'clock, JBS is here with the big phone-in. What was that noise, Justin? Some funny noises coming out of you. Every now and again, I like to put a little bit of twang on things. I know. When you go to these BBC courses, they say, lift it off the paper, guys. So instead Do of they? Saying, I've never been to one. Instead of saying, JBS is here from nine <laughs> with the big phone-in, you can say, JBS is here from nine <laughs> with the big phone-in. And people, auto- and people automatically think, oh, what's this show? I've not heard this, but I'm going to tune in at nine o'clock. Who is this JBS guy? Are you, are you medicated? Uh, well, do you know what? I messed up this week. Really, really messed up. Do, do you know what's happened? What have you taken? Okay, I'm going to give you this. I, I am actually on medication. I, oh, sorry. A serious oh, dear, condition. The doctor thinks I've got prostitutes, but anyway. You've got what? Don't laugh. <laughs> It's called prostitus. It's a very serious You've condition. You've got prostitus? What yeah. is prostitus? I don't know what that prostitus. is. Prostitus. Oh, it involves... Let's not go there. <laughs> Does it involve your prostate? Uh, yes, yes, oh. yes. And going to the toilet a lot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, and are you, are you on drugs for that? Um, I've got them and they start tomorrow. <laughs> I've, I've deliberately avoided them because I know I'll be standing in today. Right. But yeah, what's, what's messed with my mind? And take this with you. Take yeah. this with you. Right. Um, according to what's reports, uh, new fresh reports, conspiracies, Paul McCartney died back in 1966. No, seriously, and he was replaced with a look-alike and right. a sound-alike called Billy Shears. All the clues are in the songs. <laughs> yes. The real Paul McCartney died in 1966. I've been... 
up for the last two or three nights watching I couldn't sleep, I've been watching all of these documentaries and at first I thought what a load of rubbish, now I'm starting to believe that Paul McCartney actually died back in 1966 Gosh. Yeah, that's why I messed up alright? Well thanks for bringing this all to our attention Justin. I, um, I presume that's the big phone in from 9 this morning. <laughs> no we might not do that one, all right. but we will do something else you've been talking about this morning, I know you're very exercised about, mm, mm. I'll be asking from 9 do you think the BBC should sack Clarkson? No. Today we'll I know that's your view. Today we expect BBC Director General Tony Hall to sack Jeremy Clarkson after he was accused of punching a Top Gear producer. The Telegraph is reporting today that the 54-year-old motoring journalist will be thanked for his work but told such behaviour cannot be tolerated. Various reports suggest Clarkson verbally abused his producer for 20 minutes before launching a 30-second physical assault on him after being told he couldn't have a hot steak and chips after a long day's filming. Well, the BBC is apparently planning to continue to broadcast Top Gear and some reports suggest Chris Evans may be lined up to replace Clarkson. Well, from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction. Do you think the BBC should sack Clarkson? I've been no. fascinated to hear your, uh, your, Come on, your, okay. your argument seems to be that us men punch one another when we get unhappy with one right. another at the, in the workplace. Shall, shall we get Frank with the listeners of Bed, Sarts and Bucks this morning? Shall we get Frank? You look scared. Yeah, shall, yeah, well, we I'm not worried about what you're going to say. Uh, no, don't worry, don't or worry. Or do. Always on the edge, always on the edge on these programmes. OK, years ago, well, we're good mates now. We were out for Sunday, uh, Sunday dinner at the weekend, yeah. weren't we? OK, so we, we, we're good mates now. We but there was a time you wanted to punch me. Well, there was a time, there was a time, <laughs> hang on, there was a time where we got put into a room together. Do you remember oh, yeah, this? yeah, I do remember And there that, was a yeah. member of management in the middle. I was on the left, you were on the right, and we... <laughs> We got it all out in the open. Yeah, we, we were told to go into a room. Right, okay. You hate each other. Yeah. Right, okay. Let's sort this out. Yeah, but we now, weren't we weren't kind of put into a room to punch no, one another. No, no. But if it you, was to get our, our dislike of one another out into the open, we are very passionate about what we do. Some people who work in radio, no names, but they couldn't care less. They come yeah, here for the money. That's, and that's true. That's yeah, true. Okay. So we're very passionate about what we do, and in that situation, we'd had a disagreement about work. Yeah. Okay. And personally. I did want to give you a punch. <laughs> and, and you, and you, if you were honest, you probably would have liked to have given I, me a punch. I would have liked to, I yeah, would exactly. like to put your head through the wall. Exactly. So it was a tense situation. Now, if you I had have punched you, if I had have punched you, and it was work-related, yeah. I would say sorry, and we would move on. <laughs> you reckon? Yes. So hang on a minute. So winding back about how long ago was that, Justin? It was about twenty years ago. Now it was about ten years ago. But so, it happened. I'm giving. So, I'm giving a real life. I know example. you are. I know he's not lying. So so we're taken into this room because we don't like one another. Yep. You then punch me in the face because yep. you don't. And and you reckon there would we'd be able to then resolve things after that? You it, can't punch it, in, people in that room. In that room, if you punch me in the face because you were passionate about your work. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and that would be all right, wouldn't no, it? it? I'm not saying it would be all right. I'm saying it would be wrong. But yeah. I would say, do you know what? You're passionate and you lost it in the heat of the moment. You regret it. You've said sorry. We move on. That's how life works. Right. Let's, let's get in the real world here. Come on. Well, Genuinely, if I, if I punched you, you'd, you'd just forgive me. If, if it I was about you, work. If I punched you, would you would you want me sacked? If I was in that room with you and I punched you, would you want me sacked? Knowing the sort of person I, you are, I, I'd say you wouldn't. Well, I don't know. I, I don't Come know, on. Justin. I think it would be very unprofessional and, dare I say, a slight indication of your mental state should you punch me in a, in a meeting at work. So you've never made a mistake in your life. You've never lost well, the plot. Well, of course. But That's what's you know, happened to I've, you. I've never punched anyone. 
and definitely not at work. I mean, you can't punt. You can't. You cannot. Don't, don't the BBC have a duty to protect all of their members of staff? And you cannot allow. Oh, no. You you cannot allow one presenter just because he thinks he's the bee's knees to punch a producer in the face and then say. Oh, it's all right, though. It's just blokes being blokes. Say sorry, move on. He's going to leave the BBC. He'll go and make a shed load of cash elsewhere. He's going to be taken on elsewhere. The BBC are losing out big time here. He makes the corporation millions of pounds. Just say sorry and move on. These things happen every now and again. They shouldn't, but they do. Well, just now, I'm pleased you didn't punch me in the face. Yeah, I'm pleased you didn't punch me. From nine this morning, do you think... the passenger. Do you think the... (laughs) Do you think the BBC should sack Clarkson? I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Are we done? <laughs> yes, we are. Thanks, mate. <laughs> On FM, AM, online, and digital radio. This is Justin Dealey. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Look, on these programmes, I'm just being honest. Let's go to Phil, who's in Houghton Regis. Hi, Phil. Hi, Justin. Phil, you agree, in the heat of the moment, surely, in the heat of the moment, I know it's wrong that if you're at work and something happens man-to-man and a punch is thrown, you don't take it too seriously, you move on from it, don't you, surely? Mm, well, it is violence in the workplace, and that is illegal. And if I... Because it's over foods, well, why didn't you just take the whole rest of the crew, except the bloke he's having an argument with, out to dinner hmm. and keep the receipt and give the bill to the BBC? Yeah. What's your favourite steak, by the way, Phil? Sirloin. <laughs> Phil, talk to me about bikes. Come on, we're, we're doing what local radio does best, in my opinion. Uh, a major situation in House and Regis. Lots of people concerned about it. Uh, they believe the police are doing nothing. Bedfordshire well, not. police are, are yet. Nothing. Bedfordshire police are yet to come on this programme and answer those concerns. Instead, they sent the police and crime commissioner Ollie Martins, who got slated for half an hour, uh, which I thought was slightly unfair, uh, because. He shouldn't be here. It should be Bed's police. Anyway, what would you like to say? Yeah, well, you've got more chance of dinosaurs walking the earth than you've got a Bedfordshire police getting on the programme. I mean, the problem has been going on in Hatton and Marsh Farm, well, previously lived, for at least 20 years, and nothing ever gets done. Nothing. As for Ollie Martin, is it? Yeah, that's right. You only see him on the ground when it's election time, because he is elected. Well, fair play, though, Phil. I've got to be fair here. Fair play. He comes in, and today he had the opportunity, and I couldn't have pushed him. I asked him, would you mind sticking around for 15 minutes to take some calls from our listeners? He didn't know what those calls were, and he said yes. So I've got to applaud him there. Yes. As for the chief constable, she is absolutely useless. I think she I think we've got. I think we've got the last word. Useless. I think we've got the last word. Thank you, Phil. We don't know if. We, yeah, we don't know. To be fair, if Colette Paul from Bedfordshire Police got the message, I think our reporter phoned seven times yesterday. Yeah, and the conversation that was had was these people are very busy, and mm. we asked them directly whether or not she'd got the message, and we got a roundabout answer, which kind of suggested that no, that they were too busy and there was no intention to speak to us. It's been a frantic programme today. Um, what else are we talking about? Foods that send you crazy. This guy. Um, <laughs> this guy in, in Florida. Candy floss. Explain the story. Uh, burglar in Florida. This is a sunspot, I think. Let me see, have a look. Yeah, uh, in the Sun newspaper this morning, page 29. Have a look. Down the bottom of the page, tiny thing about a guy, a burglar from Florida who tried to get off uh, a uh, prison sentence by saying that it was um, temporary insanity brought mm. about by candy floss. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've heard of sugar rushes before, but it's never caused me to take a 
take a swag bag to someone's house. Mm. Um, but we've been talking about, you know, food that tips you over the edge in whatever way. And your major uh, Achilles heel is bacon, isn't it? It is. I know we've had so many texts that have come in, so they're probably not going to get to all of them now. But uh, somebody, I believe, has backed me up saying that bacon rage does exist in their household. Because basically what it is, it dehydrates you. It makes you dehydrated. It makes you angry. And it makes you want to row with people. I must admit, sometimes if we go to certain places, I can't eat the bacon there because this salt, yeah. it doesn't make me angry, but it <laughs> makes me feel faint. It's like a rush. <laughs> so, uh, no, there was someone on... Where is it? I can't find it. There's a text here saying that he only realised it was the bacon after listening to you talking about yep. bacon rage yep. before. And he thinks it's something to do with the salt. 08459 455 555. That's the phone in number. Uh, the foods that send you crazy, the weirder, the better. And uh, we're also talking about Clarkson. I'm getting a lot of stick this morning. People saying, How dare you say it's okay to punch somebody? I'm not saying it's okay to punch somebody. I'm saying, in the heat of the moment, sometimes things happen and they shouldn't happen, but they do. And if somebody is genuinely sorry for what happened, surely we should all just move on. That's my point. 29 minutes past eight now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, there are long delays from Junction 4 for Edgware towards Junction 2 for Five Ways Corner after a serious accident earlier. It's also looking really busy on speed sensors on the M1 southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow from Junction 18 for Chorleywood to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. And in Uxbridge on the A40 Western Avenue, there's been an emergency services incident at the Swakeley's roundabout, which is causing delays there around the A40. 40 Western Avenue and in Kings Langley the A41 eastbound has queues between Two Waters Road at the Hemel Hempstead turnoff and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha, back to your calls very soon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Howden Regis. Residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to complain about what they say is a lack of response from Beds Police. French rescue workers have resumed their search for victims of yesterday's plane crash in the French Alps, in which 150 people died. The Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, says it's likely there were some British nationals on board. A long-awaited report into how people received contaminated blood in the 1970s and 80s is published later this morning and a House of Lords committee says the government still hasn't made a convincing case for the HS2 high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham beat Luton 3-2 in last night's League 2 promotion clash at Kenilworth Road. All the goals came in the first half with Sam Saunders, Paul Hayes and Alfie Mawson on target for the chairboys with Elliot Lee netting a brace for the Hatters. The win keeps Gareth Ainsworth's side on course for a top three finish. It's probably closer than uh, I wanted it but um, it's a massive three points for us and, uh, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful to all the fans that shouted us home tonight and, and all the players that give me everything there and, uh, and that's what we're about, I say it every week but it's... Uh, it's fantastic to work with this bunch. But Luton's fifth straight defeat effectively means the end of any faint hopes of automatic promotion for John Still's team. They've defended very well. They're a good side. That's why they're where they are. And you know what? No one made a mistake. 
but we did. And that's the difference, you know, we're making too, ma too many unforced errors. We've scored two goals at home, should be enough to win. In Conference South, Hemel Hempstead beat Chelmsford 3-1 to stay in playoff contention. Watford centre-half Joel Ekstrand is facing a nine-month layoff with a knee injury sustained in Saturday's defeat by Ipswich. Tottenham midfielder Deli Alley has resumed training with MK Dons after six weeks out with an ankle injury and Stevenage defender Harry Worley made his return in a training game yesterday after being out since August. And Watford to catch Yanya is in the Scotland squad for tonight's friendly against Northern Ireland at Hampden Park with his Hornets teammate Craig Cathcart in the Irish squad. Cathcart is joined by Milton Keynes, Don's trio, Lee Hodson, Ben Reeves and Will Grigg. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Justin Dealey. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, it's been tense. It's been fiery. We need some Tony. He swings his axe all day and chops the trees away. Yeah, yeah. Chop, 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 you can hear it singing. Chop, 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 as his axe is swinging. Chop, 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 through the woods it's ringing. Timber, timber. Chop, 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 give it all you can. Chop, 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 sang the woodchop man. Chop, 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 through the woods it rang. Thank you, Tony. Right, uh, lots we're talking about. Peter and Claire, stay there for a second. Cass, give us a quick recap on what we're talking about this morning. It has been a frantic programme this morning. It has. Let's have a look at some of the text, shall we? Yeah, please. Uh, Nick says, with regard to Clarkson, no one, repeat, no one is so big they're untouchable, be they in radio, on TV, in politics or in business. If you get in a verbal difference of opinion, it's acceptable, but by hitting anyone at work, it's a no-no. It's totally unacceptable behaviour and must be dealt with as severely as possible. Uh, Brian says sack the useless producer and let the programme continue. Chris Evans, you've got to be joking. <laughs> oh, so you sack the guy who's been punched. You, you, can't, you can't call him a useless producer, OK? And, and, and Nobody's calling him a useless producer. They're, Brian is. They're, they're, well, th there was an argument that happened and it turned violent, there was a punch and we believe that Clarkson's going to be sacked today. This is all reported, yeah. OK? Yeah. So, I mean, who really knows I can't see on. Clarkson suing us, to be honest with you, but there you go. Well... You say that. Yeah. Michael in Sydney, it says, uh, to JVS and Justin Dealey, no question, dismiss Clarkson for gross misconduct. He ought to be convicted of assault as well. That's from Michael in Sydney. Thank you, Michael. And Disco Dave says he's slightly disgusted that you think it's OK to punch someone. It's a very immature reaction. What about discussion and resolution? Have you ever been punched at work? Um, let's try and keep it real this morning. Uh, yes, we can talk about clerks and we can talk about celebrities, but have you ever been punched at work? Have you ever punched somebody at work yourself? If so, what happened next? Should Clarkson go? All sorts of things we're talking about. Foods that send you crazy as well. And, of course, the motorbike situation in Houghton Regis. The kids there running amok. Right, Peter's here. Hi, Peter. Hi. Ah, Peter and Walmart Green. How are you today, dear sir? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely. Talking about Clarkson, what do you think? I think, basically, anyone who punches someone in that sort of situation is a bully. And you can't let bullies get away with it. So uh, my, my father, many, many years ago, when I lived in East London, said, you punch him back harder. Mm. And I know it's very difficult in these sort of PC-type time, times to do that, 
But you've got to point out they are bullies. So are you blaming the producer for not punching back then, Peter? Well, I'm not blaming the producer because in these different times there's a a bit of a, if you like, you get lent on. But having said that, you've got to name him as a bully because to punch someone in those sort of situations, you're a bully. And bullies, you have to stand up to bullies. What do you think is a bully? Tell me what you think is a bully. A bully is someone who's aggressive and and has a go at you because he believes mm-hmm. that he's got power over you. Okay. And you've got to show him he's got no power over you. And uh, I've never been bullied in my life because I've always punched back. Ah, so if, if you've punched back then... Yeah. Right, OK, OK. There's some great things happening in this conversation right now. Yeah. So... He's made he's made the original punch. We believe again. It's, yeah, it's what's being reported. So you yourself have lost it in a situation at some point in your life. We all make mistakes. Clarkson has made a mistake. That's all it is—a mistake, isn't it? I don't believe so. I don't believe so because you—you—it's in your character to do that. I mean, is Marmite in trousers? <laughs> He is definitely Marmite in trousers. You either like him or you hate him. Marmite in trousers. Peter, it was worth getting you on for that. And just before you go, do you think the real Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike slash soundalike? Oh, come on. Is that a yes? Come on. Is that a yes? What a a bizarre question there. Come on. Well, have we got some weirdos about or what? I'll put you down for a yes. Thank you, Peter. Claire's here. Hi, Claire. Good morning. Good morning. Talking about uh, the, the motorbikes, uh, the kids in Houghton Regis, we've been covering this story now for the last couple of days. What would you like to say, Claire? Right, I would like to add to that. Um, I'm aware of the problem in Houghton Regis, uh, but it's bigger than that. I live up in an area um, known as Weatherby, which is just up the road from Houghton Regis, adjacent to what is known locally as the Green Lanes, which is a network of bridleways, footpaths, etc., etc., cycle paths. And we are plagued by these little petals on their motorbikes, which go flying past with no regard for anyone's safety or anything else, completely at at liberty to do exactly as they please. We phone the police almost on a daily basis, and basically what happens usually is nothing. And when you ring up and ask what can be done, you're usually told, well, we can't do anything. What I want to know is, don't tell me what you can't do. What can you do? Because my view is, if my car gets pulled over by a copper because I haven't got tax or license or insurance, I'm not allowed to drive that car. Good point, it's well impounded. made. Yeah, good point, well made. Yeah. But if these little petals are stopped by the police, they're given a warning. I love the way you call them little petals. They um, are dear little souls, aren't they? I, yes. Well, I, I've heard them called far worse mm. in well, House I'm and Regis. Well, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> you sound very posh, Claire. I'm trying to be polite. Okay. I'm trying to be posh. I'm not always like this. Rest assured. There, there is there is some hope, and, and I I said this yesterday <laughs> to the team who are working on this program. Somebody said to me. They said what they need to do is get the police bikes out there because then they can't escape. Now, we've had confirmation from Bedfordshire Police that police bikes are going to be sent to Houghton Regis. So, some good news has come in the last two days. This is what we need. We need a blitz, a zero-tolerance approach, no good wasting time and police resource 
that when they catch these little deers, they just give them a pat on the wrist. They need to take the bikes and crush them. And that will send a clear message. If every time they're out, their bikes get caught and taken away, maybe some little item Mm -hmm. of, of clarity will get through to their little pea brains. Claire, do you One know what? I, I have absolutely loved talking to you. You've been absolutely brilliant. Please call again. I love the accent. I, I love the use of language. And before you go, I've got to ask you this. Yes. We're talking about foods that send you crazy. Is there a certain food, if you eat it, it sends you absolutely bananas, Claire? Ah, oh, let me give this some thought. Yeah, not too I long, am, though. I am a cake fan. I do love the cake. Yeah, love the cake. Yes, yes. I, 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 I would stop at nothing to get cake. So if cake was taken away, that would, that would drive me mad. Ah, if it was taken away from you. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, Claire, thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. That was Claire. We'll come back to some points that Bedfordshire Police made in a second. Jim's in Sandy. Hi, Jim. Jim, can you hear me? Okay, we'll come back to Jim in a second as well. Uh, For your text this morning, 81333, and start your message with 3CR. Whilst we try and get Jim back, uh, Catherine Bedfordshire Police called this, um, if I'm correct, a localised issue in Outer Regis. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Yesterday we put in a number of calls to the press office because we really were keen to speak to someone about not necessarily just the the issue of um, people riding bikes illegally, but it it was a bigger thing, we thought, which is people are telling us that the police are sometimes physically there and ignoring it. Now, yep. that, is a, that is a public trust issue and so bigger and we wanted to speak to one of the officers in charge rather than being, you know, an, an officer in overall charge rather than one of the officers in charge of the area. Um, so we were told that they would not be available because it was... Um, yeah, uh, what was what was the word? Here we go. I think it was localised. I'm pretty convinced it was a localised issue. We don't consider it appropriate for the chief constable to comment, uh, so she won't be talking to us about it at all either. Nor will the guy in charge of the area. Um, it's a very localised issue. It's yeah. not happening across the county. Well, guess again because um, it is happening across the county. <laughs> okay, Beds Police. Uh, we've got the phone lines open this morning. Um, we're going to put it out once again. These bikes which are causing havoc in Houghton Regis. You've heard there, Bedfordshire Police. So it's a localised issue in Houghton Regis. If you live in Bedfordshire, um, outside of Houghton Regis, and this is a major issue where you live, come on and tell us. 08459 455 555. So, so far we've got Dunstable, Luton, Houghton Regis, Hitchin and Tottenham. Yep. They're coming in thick and fast. If it's a problem where you live, let us know right now. OK, Jim's back. Hi, Jim. Hello, morning, Justin. How are you this morning, Jim? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm I'm unemployed. I'd like a job with the BBC so that I can go and smash uh, caravans up, burn them, insult people because of their race or their ethnicity, even my own people, Mm -hmm. uh, be rude and boisterous and get a uh, become famous for that, and make lots of millions. And just insult everybody wherever I go. It sounds like a great job, doesn't it, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, Justin, that uh, Jeremy Clarkson should have been sacked by the BBC ages ago, like some other things have happened at the BBC Mm. that we all know about. Okay, so it's no use getting on here to defend him. There are more people that dislike 
Clarkson than like him. Oh, I think you're UK. wrong there, Jim. I think you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I've got 3,000 friends who hate him. <laughs> it's on the web as well. No. Yeah. Well, you see, you can't teach people to drive fast, make yeah. lots of funny noises, mm. and people's children go and get killed because they're being like Clarkson. They're making lots of funny noises because they're driving 120 uh, miles an hour. I, th- I, th- I think you're blowing yeah. it out of proportion ever so slightly, but 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 th- th- no, this, th- this no. I think you are, it Jim. Be a pro- well, where's the safety? Okay, it's a problem about cars and car use. Top gear. Where's the safety in it? Where, when have we ever had a program about teach people how to indicate? But that's why people watch the program, Jim, because because it's something yes, a little yes. bit different. Come on, so we can't, we can't, buy... we can't all be filling out health and safety forms all of our life. Come on. Well, yeah, we can't also, Justin. Not all of us go and buy souped up. Uh, no, we can't. And again, and because you're watching that program, you're watching the program as a fantasy. The whole program's fantasy. That's what makes it so popular. Do you not get I that? I watch NCIS for that. <laughs> Honestly, Justin, there are tons of people that hate Clarkson, do not like him, or the or the pro or the the setup of the program. I don't like there him personally. And, and to get this point right, to clear to clear this up right now, a lot of people say, "Oh, okay. we stick it up for Clarkson because you work for the BBC." Okay. No, um, I I don't like Clarkson personally, but I think he's a very very talented man. I think he's the best in the business. I don't think there's a think better presenter than Clarkson on TV right now. I think he's totally lacking, totally untalented, and he has a good machine of people next to him who engineer it all and make pots of money from it. Uh, Full stop. Jim, I'm going to be in Stevenage later on, around midday. I'm going to be dressed up as Madonna for my show this weekend, which is Ladies' Day. Are you going to be there, Jim? Are you going to come down and see me dressed up as Madonna? No, I have an appointment at home between 9 and 10. I'm on the case for mushrooms, Justin. I'm a mushroomer. I'm a shroomer, aren't I? I'm waiting for them where else to come. I keep going out looking for wild mushrooms. Jim, I think we'll leave it there on that uh, incredible point. BBC Three Counties Radio, 8.45 now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's looking really busy from Junction 11 for Dunstable towards Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. But on the M1 between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for the Five Ways Corner, that has now cleared and it's moving much better again after the accident there earlier. It is looking really busy on the M40, though, towards London between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabouts. But in Uxbridge on the A40 Western Avenue, there was an incident at the Swakeley's roundabout which was causing delays. That has now all cleared, reopened, and it's moving again now. In Buckingham, looking at the speed sensors on the A413, that's looking very slow between the total roundabouts and Main Street. And on the train departure boards, there aren't any reports of any problems at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. More travel news on the way for you just before nine. The headlines you're waking up to today. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner is blaming a lack of officers for continued problems with nuisance motorbike riders in Houghton Regis. The Foreign Secretary says that some British nationals are likely to have been on the passenger plane that crashed in the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. And, as you've heard this morning, a long-awaited report into how people receive contaminated blood in the 70s and the 80s is published later this morning.
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Alina is my weather girl. She's got a great vibe and she's got a great forecast. Morning, Alina. <laughs> I've never had a song before the weather before. That's fabulous. So I do things uh, differently, all right? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, fine day ahead. Lots of sunshine after that cold start. Temperatures recovering to 9 or 10 Celsius. A light northwesterly wind. Clear skies this evening and at first tonight before the cloud starts to build from the west, eventually bringing some rain across through the early hours and the winds will strengthen and turn more southwesterly as that rain settles in. Under clearer skies initially tonight, we'll see temperatures dropping down to 2 Celsius, but then they'll start to rise again once we see the cloud and rain arrive. A wet morning tomorrow, but then that rain slowly clearing away eastwards at the by lunchtime, early afternoon at the latest, it will be dry, a return of the sunshine and a much milder feel tomorrow. Highs of 12 Celsius, 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Cloudy and blustery on Friday, the cloud thick enough at times to give some light rain or drizzle, but it, it won't really amount to much. But we could see a more persistent spell of rain on Saturday. And Jason, that's your forecast. Whoa, 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 whoa. You call me Jason? I just did, didn't I? I'm so sorry. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> We're not friends anymore now, are we? No, you won't be getting those pictures either. Thanks, I'm Alina. sorry. Thanks, Alina. Take care. That hurt. BBC introducing. We first met James Bay in a band from Hitchin in 2008. As a solo artist in 2012, he uploaded his music to bbc.co.uk slash introducing. Since then, he's been playlisted on national radio and is now signed to an international record label. It was time to go and see what else was out there, you know, explore the wider world with music. And his debut album is out now. I'm not always thinking about lyrics, though, in, in that respect. It's sonically, it's about impact. Hear James Bay talk about the album, track by track. Online now at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I've got radio. control of your knobs. Yo. Guys, stop doing that, please. Let's go to Barry, who's in House and Regis. Hi, Barry. Hello, Justin. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm quite well, thank you. Excellent. Right, we're talking about uh, the, the motorbikes in House and Regis, which are causing havoc over there. What would you like to say, Barry? Well, they do cause havoc, I know. I mean, I live by a footpath where... They run past and drive over my lawn sometimes, but, I mean, that's not the point. You say the police are not taking any action, but mm. Sunday morning, ten days ago, um, a police van with two, um, what are they, YSPOs, whatever, we came along there. They did stopped a couple of blokes on a motorbike. They had one of them in the black of the police van. They seized the motorbike, and, uh, and, that, and they had these two chaps that they were questioning in the by the van, and they so they were taking action. I mean... It is difficult. The motorbikes come through the passageways and yep. disappear. So it isn't fair to say they're not doing anything, because I've actually seen them doing things. I love calls like this, Barry, because for the last couple of days, people have been coming on, slating the police. You've seen something, you've picked up the phone, and we're trying to put some form of balance on this. Fair play to you. OK. Thank you very much. Right, bye. Great stuff. Barry there, in Houghton Regis. Uh, let's go to James, who's near Dunstable. Hi, Jamesy boy. Hey, hey, mate. Yeah, doing well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, James, talking about Clarkson, uh, JBS talking about it on the phone in as well. A lot of people yeah. angry this morning. Uh, the BBC, we believe, are going to sack him today. I think, <laughs> from, from a business perspective and an audience perspective, this is a massive mistake for the BBC. I'm sitting yeah, here, no, I'm I, saying that. What do you think? I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're living in a real world here. 
problem is today, I think political correctness has become so enlarged that if you get in a punch-up, which, let's face it, happens in real life, yep. the police are involved, you get sacked, everyone hates you. That's the real world. And that MP that was on earlier on, of course, he's dressed in lovely Savile Row suits. He's picked up in a chauffeur-driven car. In his world, that may be a bit bizarre. But in the real world, that happens. Two blokes have a punch-up. Years ago, that could happen without being sacked. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, political correctness is just, it's just... It's just really blurring the truth. And let's let's face it, we're, we're, us as lads, we've all been in punch-ups. And yep. I think to deny you've ever been in a punch-up, I don't think you've lived. I mean, I, look, it's wrong to get in a punch-up. But, um, you know, in, when Clarkson's working... The, the hours that he's working, mm -hmm. and all the producer has to do is produce a good meal at the end of the day, he should be <laughs> able to eat and he hasn't done his job. But at the end of the day, when managing a talent like Clarkson, the BBC have a responsibility to manage him properly. Yep. And they have failed. And, you know... James, I've got to stop you there. I've got to stop you there. You were doing so well, and I was Sorry. agreeing with every word until you said, you know, all he's got to do is get him a decent meal. Yeah. Uh, you know, come on, that, that that's going way overboard. It's not his yeah. job to get him a decent meal, it's his job to produce the programme, not feed him. Yeah. Well, I understand from people who work in the BBC that the producer's job is also in that programme to help out um, and to, to multitask. And if Clarkson hasn't got the time to go to the, and book himself a meal or get himself food because he's recording, that's just the way it is. People are there to look after him. So yes and or no, yes or no, did he deserve a slap? And we can talk about okay. losing it in the heat at the moment. Did he deserve a slap for not no, producing a steak? Yes or no? No, he didn't deserve a slap, but that happens, I'm afraid. That's life. People have punch-ups. People lose their temper. People make mistakes. And... This, this, just political correctness in this country today is ruining this country, and it's just such a shame because years ago, let's face it, the BBC were behind, and they, they call him a racist, the BBC were behind only fools and horses, and Del Boy was saying some pretty... Yeah, that was then, though. That was then. Years ago. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. was then, but why is it now that it's gone to the other end of the spectrum where you just can't do a thing without so, being branded a racist? Or I, I, do, I do agree to a certain degree with what you're saying about getting real. Uh, and people yeah. say, oh, you should never punch anybody. That's absolutely terrible. Well, the advice is, if somebody breaks into your home, you should phone the police. But how many people in the heat of the moment get up and chase a burglar and attack a burglar in the heat in the heat of the moment things happen you say sorry you move on you've hit the nail on the head you know you're living in the real world and in the real world when you know you do make split second decisions that sometimes you regret um and you know clarkson's punched someone but he's a human being and we've all i, I you know i don't know Maybe this is just me, but I, I don't know many of my mates who's not been in a scuff before. I don't know any of mine either, but again, I think that, uh, I think as you say, we're living in the real world. Just before you go, yeah. the, the really bizarre story that's messed up my mind this week. Uh, Ringo Starr apparently has said that uh, Paul McCartney died back in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike, a soundalike. Do you believe that Macca died back in 1966, James? He's one very good lookalike, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's face it, um, he's... Well, why don't we go and ask his daughter, Stella McCartney, see what she has to say, shall oh, we? Oh, no, it's all been hushed up, James. She, yeah, she's been paid know. off. She's been paid off. Thank you, James. Take care. Bottom line, don't get rid of Clarkson. Bye. Thank, thank you very much there, James. Uh, let's go to Mavis, who's in Lucent. Hi, Mavis. 
Hello, hi. Mavis, it says here you have a great idea for these motorbikes which are causing chaos in Bedfordshire. What's your great idea, Mavis? Well, I I would suggest, um, okay, male or female, adult, obviously, uh, just cruise about watching them or just pretend you're not there. If you follow me, it's going to be difficult. But um, And then, not the word follow, but there's another word that must be used. Just to discreetly, then, is the word, to see where they live. That's the only way you can do it in respect, to see where they live and get the number of the house or street where they live. Well, people have actually phoned the police saying, look, I know where these people live and they've been ignored. I know. Right, Okay. Then the other alternative, so that's by council or private, is immaterial. But then what one could do is go to the Citizen Advice Bureau Mm. if one knows where they live. And if it's a private house, you know, rental, and then they can give you some ideas and write down some words. Um, I haven't got it on me, but I've got it, you know, the, the, the initial strong, like what one would call law-wise, you yeah, know, there's yeah. certain areas of law that, that are still in operation to do with. Mavis, exactly. what, what about this idea? What about this idea, very briefly? We've heard yes. about the boys in blue. OK, what yes. about the girls in blue? We have a firm of ladies in House and Regis with blue rinses, yes. OK? So, so people can identify them, and those people are out there on the streets, and yes. if they see anything, if people see anything, they go and tell the ladies with the blue rinses, and then they yes. can report it to the police. Everyone knows what's going on. Would that work, yes or no? Um... Say yes. Yes, it can work, but even so, um, the boys, the girls in blue, ladies in blue, um, through another um, mm. neighbour or whoever, if it's in the area, you know, is complaining, yeah. go with them with the lady in blue to the property, whether it's council or private, sort that one out, see if it works there, right? If not, in the law book, there are, there are... I mean, it works for no ball games, believe you me. Maybe so I've, I've got to leave it there for the time being, yeah. but I appreciate you call Mavis and Lucy, who thinks that seriously will be a good idea. Uh, Glenn's here. Glenn, you've got 60 seconds. Can you make your point, please, sir? Right, yes. What you want for them motorbikes is you want a team of vigilantes. That'll stop it, OK? Um, and then the police will take note because then there will be somebody getting hurt. That's the only time that's going to happen. You see, I don't, um, I, don't, I don't condone it, but I totally agree. I think if, if, something, if, if there was something happening on the streets like that, the police would then have to go and deal with it, wouldn't they? Yes. It happened in Northampton many, many years ago, and then the police found that there was wires and ropes between trees to fetch the cyclists off the bike. Oh, and that's what the vigilantes were doing. And I tell you what, it stopped it. Yeah, yeah, I bet it did. OK, so just quickly, quickly, yeah. uh, Clarkson. Mm. Clarkson, I, w- I went to see Top Gear many years ago, and, and when you're not filming, you know, you're having a little chat, Clarkson comes over as an arrogant guy, yeah. but he's a good guy. And, and if he's been filming for, for 12, 13 hours, and I would be annoyed if I hadn't got a hot meal at the end of the day. And I would expect the producer to, to, to sort that out. That's what they're there. They're there to look after the, the, key, the key members of the but would But would you punch somebody for not giving you a hot meal? Do we know whether he punched him? Whether okay. it was just a punch on the arm or it could, was it in the face? A punch, a punch in the face, full stop. Would you have punched somebody for not feeding you? No, I wouldn't. No. Okay. No. All but right, Glenn. Know what he, yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Take care. There you go. That was Glenn. Um, a quick email to come. JBS and Justin. Absolutely fabulous exchange. That was at 8.20. Uh, why don't you present a programme together? Well, yeah, it was an interesting exchange, trying to make it real about earlier on. When he wanted to punch me, I wanted to punch him, but we managed to sort it out without any violence. Which, which He's laughing now. 
I seriously wanted to deck him as well. BBC Three Counties Radio, two minutes to nine. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are half-hour delays on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. It's looking really slow on the speed sensors. The M40 towards London has queues between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabouts. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow from Junction 18 for Chorleywood to 14 for Heathrow Terminal 4. In Watford North, the A41 southbound slow around the Dome roundabout and on the trains, Great Northern have 40 minute delays between, uh, through Potter's Bar because of a signalling problem. It's also affecting first hull trains and Virgin Trains East Coast with half hour delays. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Bert says Clarkson for PM. James says, I'd like to see if that caller felt the same if I punched him. Doubt it. Utterly ridiculous. Thank you, James. JBS is going to be talking about this. No, not our punch-up ten years ago. Well, almost punch-up. Um, he's going to be talking about Clarkson. Thanks for your calls, texts and emails. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I would have karate chopped you in the windpipe, Justin. <laughs> 